the SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? Welcome to this edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, I am Jay, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling, and this is the weekend. This is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. This weekend is WrestleMania, WrestleMania 38. The Lone Star State of Dallas, Texas will be hosting all the craziness, all the festivities, all weekend long. And when WrestleMania comes to town, the whole wrestling world pays attention and tries to capitalize off of it themselves. So this particular episode, myself and my two very special guests are going to get into the two-night WrestleMania card. We're going to get into the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We're going to get into NXT, stand and deliver, and talk some other uh, uh, shows that are going on during this weekend. With that being said, like I said, there's episode number 64. Let me introduce you to my two very special guests. First of all, I haven't had these guys on in a long time, and it is an honor to have them back. First off, let's introduce Sammy Mooney. Sammy, what's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on the call. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely, man. It's always a pleasure. And we have fellow... Fellow wrestling aficionado, my other brother from another mother, Hector Ghost Rivera. What up, brother? Welcome back. What's going on, brother? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fellas, WrestleMania weekend has arrived. I felt like it was just yesterday that I was in Tampa, Florida <laughs> during WrestleMania 37. Now we're at WrestleMania 38. Where has the time gone? <laughs> it's gone quick. It's gone a lot of good shows, too. Yeah. Yeah. How excited are we? Are, are Is it kind of like a one to ten? Is it more of a like a, you know, seven to upper range or maybe five to lower range? How are we feeling about it? Seven. I'm going to say seven. Um, and the reason being, I'm not too excited about night one. I'm more excited about night two, to be quite honest. I think yeah. the card is stacked on night two. I think the seven is a good number. Yeah. I say seven, eight. I agree. Night two has the more interesting matches because night one has a segment that I'm really excited for. Oh yeah, but it's not necessarily a match. Yep, and and you know they begged. They had to have begged Austin to to do an actual match, but who knows? He, you know, I mean, come on. He's he's hitting sixty, you know what I mean? Like and I know Sting is sixty two and he's diving off balconies and stuff, but but you know <laughs> and I'm sure Steve Austin is in great shape, but I'm pretty sure he was like ah, ah, and in his words, ah, ah, ain't doing a match. So uh, you know, it, it'll be a segment, it'll be a very, very highly entertaining segment. But we'll get into that when we get into the preview. But um but yeah, like I said, whenever WrestleMania comes to town, wherever they go, 
the whole professional wrestling world decides to join them in that town to kind of do their own shows because they know all the wrestling fans are hanging around. So one of those shows that we'll get to in particular is the return of Ring of Honor with Ring of Honor, uh, Super Card of Honor coming to Dallas. And, you know, this is the first pay-per-view since Final Battle back in December, where now, obviously, we've come to find out that they have been taken over by Tony Khan and the AEW umbrella. So now we all know ring of honor has been run by Sinclair for years. They've went from kind of the mid to late two thousands being like the underground sweetheart of a company to being relatively unknown to a lot of people. What do we see Tony Khan doing with the ring of honor product? Sam, you want to go first on this one? Sure. Um, I don't think he's going to do much. Um, he, he's, here's the reason why. When we all knew that some of these independent companies were going to consolidate eventually, yeah. Um, for example, it all came down to who had money. So I've always thought that an impact was going to get swallowed up by someone. Yeah. Um, even though they're owned by Access TV, so they do have some, some more... They have more resources than some of the other companies. I always thought Impact would be sold off to say uh, to Billy Corgan and NWA, which makes a logical uh, sense, or that someone would invest in MLW and make it grow and take Impact. Um, I also thought that ROH was going to be an absorber since Sinclair is a multi-billion-dollar company. Yeah. So Sinclair has the financial backing, and they were interested in the product. So I'm kind of surprised that they sold it off. Um, and therefore if Sinclair, who has as much funds as the the Khan family, uh, didn't see the benefit behind it, um, I don't see much for, for Tony other than the library. It's an extensive library too. I mean, sheesh. I mean, whoever, whoever has honor club, if anybody, I mean, I'm sure some fans do that followed Ring of Honor for years and years, but talk about all the stars that have come through there, and most of them are in AEW right now, and a lot of them were in NXT before that. So, yeah, the library is definitely a big thing, and I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see Ring of Honor being anything besides probably what NXT was to the main roster in WWE. Which is what I, I imagine it to be. I think he's just going to use it as his NXT. He has a huge roster right now. Unreal. (laughs) And he's going to need another hour or two, if he makes it a two-hour show, to showcase a lot of these guys. And he, a lot of his AEW roster are guys who have a spot in ROH. Yeah. You know, got the guy who kind of, was Mr. ROH and, and Daniel, uh, who could just kind of go back and forth, teach some of the new guys some stuff, uh, make some new stars over there, do some crossover matches that might seem exciting. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think he definitely it has the potential to be something really great. I just think we got to give it we got to give it time. Yeah. Um, I just hope he's not biting off more than he can chew, trying to run two companies. And this extensive roster that he keeps expanding on. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he definitely got the money for it. That's not something that I'm really worried about when it, cause you hear these guys all the time. Oh, he's going to go bankrupt, you know, picking up so much talent. But I just think it's just more of a, he has so much, he doesn't know what to do with them. Well, you got to remember, uh, t- Eric Bischoff had Ted Turner's, uh, you know, wallet to play with also. <laughs> so it's like, and, and Dixie Carter had money too. And TNA is what it is. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Tony Khan seems like, you know, the, the typical, you know, money mark that, you know, he, he asked his daddy for a wrestling company and he gave it to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, but that, that's, that's the interesting thing. His yeah. father, that's the X factor. His father, when is his father going to say enough? Because yeah. his father just closed down the, the black news channel yeah. because it wasn't making him a profit. So when does he say to him, you need to cut some of the roster or it'll happen to it do happens. something far reach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually it'll happen because, you know, a lot of fans were biatching about WWE cutting all these guys for budget cuts, whether whether that was the truth or not. AEW eventually is going to have to go through the same thing. You know, just recently MJF was messing around by saying in 2024 he's going to be a free agent. And if AEW, you know, he'll more than likely either go to WWE or, or whatever. You know what I mean? So... There's gonna yeah, come I don't a time. think that's a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a joke. I think I think that's a reality. I think once that contract is over, yeah. he's going, and you're gonna see something with him in the mids, future. <laughs> but I think I think it was this week alone. I think our stunt just got let go. He's not gonna get yeah. resigned. And Daniels, who's kind of in control of it, I said, yeah, budget cut. Yeah. I don't know if he did it just because that's what WWE says. So he's like, we're gonna say it too. <laughs> But that was his excuse, I mean, and I, don't a, know. I, I see a couple contracts that are going to expire soon and probably won't get uh, renewed. I mean, it, uh, WWE has a bad habit of bringing in guys who are supposed to be like no, like Brock, the next big thing, and then within six months they're either mid-card or lower mid-card or we don't see them as much. AEW does the same thing. When was the last time we saw Miro? You know, when was the last time we saw Cage. a lot of these guys that they brought in? Jay Lethal is the jobber to the stars in AEW, and they made him look like a big deal. Oh, we signed this former million-time Ring of Honor champion. They do nothing with that guy, you know? That's what's going to happen to Strickland, unfortunately. Um, we'll see Swerve. Yeah, Swerve, yeah. yeah they, he's, he's on that road. They announced him like a big signing, and they're just not... And they're just gonna. They announced him as he was a manager. I, I think. Oh, scary! I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be different with Swerve because he has a bit more personality than Lethal. I think yeah. Lethal being Lethal is kind of boring. Lethal being a character is amazing. Yeah, he does yeah. His players. He does his Macho Man impersonation. He's hysterical, and he could go on the mic forever. But when he's just himself, he's he's kind of bland. That, he's very bland. <laughs> he's very bland. He's he's great in the ring. Yeah, that's and, that's the thing. Is how is how is he in the ring? It's so if we we already see the equation that he's great in the ring. You give him a gimmick, he's great. But when he's himself, he sucks. Yeah. So what needs to happen is they need to have a good writer to somehow write something good for him instead of this whole um, narrative of oh yeah, choose your own narrative, do what you want to do. If yeah. it's not working, obviously someone has to take control somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and my thing is... Like, he has the potential. 
I don't know what now with with ROH coming back. What happened with all those dudes that uh like went to Impact or 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 went to other federations? Like, are they still technically Ring of Honor guys or or no. they they're just out of the company? All contracts ended. Ah, uh, okay. So the the guys they have left over are just they either resigned or or yeah. I guess they had a plan for them to get under the AEW banner or something like that. Because obviously they got the two champions. Here's the card so far. They got champion versus champion, ironically, which is what WWE is doing. They got Jonathan Gresham against Bandito. I guess Bandito was the champ, but he had like work visa issues, so he couldn't come to the U.S. for a little bit. They gave the belt to Gresham, and now they're going at it to unify you know, their, their Ring of Honor championships. Then here's where the AEW crossovers come in. You got the Briscoes, who... Tony Khan won't hire the AEW, but he'll keep them in Ring of Honor. Whatever. Um, <laughs> you got the Briscoes against FTR for the ROH tag team titles. Speaking of Swerve, you got Swerve Strickland going up against Alex Zane. Jay Lethal, who there you go. They're going to probably throw his ass back in ROH so they can make him feel special again. Jay Lethal against uh, Lee Moriarty. Then you got Josh Woods versus Wheeler Yuta which you can see this whole thing is ROH slash AEW. Then Mercedes Martinez, who was supposed to be... Mercedes Martinez, everywhere she gets signed, within two or three weeks, she's a bum. And they 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 highlight that girl, 20-year veteran, super tough, great wrestler, blah, 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 but she's another one that just don't got no character. Mercedes Martinez against some girl named Willow, Willow Nightingale. Honestly, don't know who that is. So I know... I've seen her on a bunch of indie uh, um, indie shows. She's actually pretty dope. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take a look out for her. She's like she's like this very bubbly personality. Yeah. But then she kind of like mid match. If you kind of do her wrong, she kind of snaps and gets super aggressive. Okay. Okay. But yeah, she's pretty dope. Then one match in particular that they they added to it, I believe today, is some guy named Ninja. Not Ninja Mask. I'm not sure what his name is. Uh, some some ninja dude. Going up against a surprise signing that is Tully Blanchard's new protege. Now, the rumor behind that is Cesaro. Now, if, wow. if that's the case, hey, hey, cool. I mean, I've, I mean, I think Cesaro right now would be another one of those giant signings for AEW, but then we'll be out of the mix in three months, just like everybody else. But he's so damn good that, you know, maybe sticking him in ROH first could be a good idea. I think ROH is going to work for a lot of these guys who are very skilled in the ring. No ring psychology, way better than they do Mike psychology. Yeah. Like like a Cesaro, who's another guy who's kind of bland, you know, yeah. highly intelligent. When you see him on these... Uh, YouTube, like when he's with Xavier Woods, you know, he's a funny guy, but for some reason when he gets on the mic and he's trying to put on a character, yeah. he just kind of like pieces up, not as entertaining, but in the in a place like ROH, where I think wrestling comes first, yeah, he'll, he'll excel. Yeah, yeah. Back like with like a Jay Lethal, same thing, you put him back in that environment, he'll excel. And then every once in a while, you can throw in a character from AW mm-hmm. to do the, the, the to do more of the sports entertainer part of it yeah just to bring eyes to the roh show and then you just have these you know have put on some excellent matches 
And that's all, all you're going to be able to do. I think that, I think that's worked for them all these years. Yeah. But yeah. it'll continue to work for them. And that's, that's what ROH was from the beginning. You always had, I mean, I remember borrowing some DVDs from you, like the first show from 2002. You know, you had Brian Danielson and, and Loki and, uh, and, and Daniels and Kazarian and Joe and, you know, that homicide, that whole crew of dudes Everybody. from back in the day who made it like in the mid to late 2000s. They, they were all wrestlers who later on developed into Mike skills and 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 great characters and stuff like that but ring of honor for all that time and then you throw punk in there and 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 chris hero and claudio later on you know the one thing they all had in common they were all great wrestlers in the ring that's what ring of honor Mm -hmm. in the mid 2000s to the late 2000s was kind of the breeding ground for wwe before nxt was even thought of a lot of those ring of honor guys either went to tna or or wwe so I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully Tony Khan, like you said, hopefully he's not over his head. You know, AEW is only three years old. You know what I mean? And to take on a whole nother company and to develop more shows, he only has like three or four shows going on already. That's because of his large ass roster. He already, he brought in Tony Storm yesterday. So, you know, little by little, he keeps adding all these people. Hopefully, you know, (laughs) Vince McMahon will feast on that roster at some point. I'll tell you that much. I, I feel like it's going to be uh, more of like swapping people out because mm-hmm. I don't think when he initially signed these guys, he signed them for like these multi-year contracts. Yeah. He was starting up a company. They needed names. And it's one of those things where like, all right, let's put them on for like, you know, a year or a couple months. And so we start getting the talent yeah. that we either we develop. Yeah. Where we make some stars or where, we use these people, and then if we don't need them anymore, you know, we'll end terms. But and you know, on, on, on good terms, yeah. but we could probably bring them back again in the future or throw them over to a ROH. You know, it, it's just the nature of the business. You know, you got to go with what's popular, popular right now. Yeah. So a Miro worked a year ago. Maybe Miro's is not working for them right now. Yeah. Now. I think I think I think there's one important element where um, people have underrated when it comes to it. I, this is why I think he's been over his head. Cody was a, a was was really important to the booking. Cody's the reason why the first all in or well, all, well, all in now it's all out. That's why it worked because Cody had a vision. He had he had the the know how of of his father's promote promoting skills and probably had the ears of his father when he was younger. He also had uh, his brother in there helping him out. And his mind creatively is different. And I think Tony Khan is now assuming that the success was from him when the idea was from Cody. And I think it's going to show itself through the ROH product. And, um, I, you know, I just don't, I just don't see it working out as well, it's probably going to have to be made into a library and absorbed in unless they really just like one of the main things I think they need to do with ROH, they're going to have to cut the the moniker of world champion and just do like NXT, it's the NXT, NXT championship, call yeah. it the ROH championship. There needs to stop being this emphasis on world champions when you don't travel the world. We had this conversation before, yeah. Jonathan, yeah. where it, it just needs to, you need to separate that. And so in order to make RLH work as a developmental product, that world thing needs to go away because you're not traveling. 
And then, yeah, I, I think to your point would be, um, you know, focus on the wrestling part, but, you know, it's going to be hard. Right now, it, it was hard to watch uh, ROH on Sinclair on, on, what is it, on the stadium channel. Yeah. It was hard to watch them recently. It was just like bland and boring and without a crowd there to scream, it was like, it was hard to hear them. You just, ugh, ugh, ugh. There was no excitement. Everything was just grunting and slamming and, you know, you do want an immersive experience and you don't want it to just be like, oh, okay, you know? Yeah. It was hard to, 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 to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now my question would be, like, what would Tony Khan need to do to not repeat what Eric Bischoff did with, uh, with Ted Turner's uh, money? Like, how can he avoid, you know, being pretty much, like you said, over, like, above his head, like, oversaturation, and, like, what can he do to prevent another WCW from happening? Stop signing so many guys. That's the first thing he needs to do. He's just signing everybody WWE throws out. If, and, and a lot of people complain about WWE and the cuts and everything like that, but... Back in the days, even before this whole thing, when WCW was around, you still had some of the other federations. It wasn't swallowed up. You had UWF and that insanity that came out. They were able to be born out of it. That was so crazy. Everything, <laughs> yeah, because everything had rosters, like a size. Like a small roster was 30. Like you could barely do anything, but a healthy roster was 40 to 50 wrestlers. Yeah. And then you got into the 60 realm. That's where WCW started getting to and they created the World War Three uh, concept. Yeah. When you start going past the 60, you start going into it, is it too much? And WCW learned the hard way. They learned it was too much. They started having to cut back. They didn't have storylines for everybody. WWE, on the other hand, was able to, before the whole SmackDown split, doing the Monday Night Wars and everything like that, they were able to expand to about 50, 50 to 60, but have a storyline for each individual wrestler. Oh, yeah. And there's a limit to that. Like, how many wrestlers can you have on your roster and how many writers do you need in the back to actually give a storyline to each wrestler? That like, even Gangrel had a storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he and he wasn't a main event roster, but you wanted to know because you were invested in his little weird storyline, you know? So there needs, there needs to be a rollback on, on stop signing everybody that's just released and, and just focus on what are we going to use how are we going to utilize it? Of course, it's say Brock Lesnar's available. You sign him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. But you don't pick everybody just because they're an indie darling or something like that. You know, there's other federations. That's the other federations working out, you know? Well, you see, um, I, I was just thinking about that. Like, if AEW doesn't continue to sign every person that becomes a free agent, that would help the whole wrestling community. Because, like you mentioned, we have MLW. We have Impact. We have, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, even even Game Changer Wrestling right now that does a bunch of craziness. I saw the show from the Hammerstein. That was an enjoyable show, but it was weird at the same time. Like you had John Moxley, you know, he's their heavyweight champion. You had guy he wrestled Homicide. You have, you know, uh, the Briscoes. They wrestled with 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 Nick Gage and 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 Matt Tremont and all these people. And then you have one of their up and coming stars against a fully rejuvenated Jeff Jarrett. Like that's the crazy thing about indie wrestling, but it's the beautiful thing about pro wrestling in general, because when two companies aren't just, 
in control of everything, we can have random stars going different places, and it makes for exciting shows. Like, like even look at EC3 right now. I don't know how long this Control Your Narrative Federation is going to last, but at least he's trying to do something different, and he has names with him. Killer Cross, Braun Strowman, you know, and, and whoever, uh, uh, Austin Aries is with them, and random other people. If AEW doesn't sign everybody, it helps the other federations grow because then we could have fresh matches and who knows, maybe Cesaro doesn't go to ROH and maybe Cesaro goes to new Japan or he goes to MLW or, you know, just something like a change. Not everything has to be on Wednesday nights and Monday nights. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but yeah, I think Tony needs to stop it, (laughs) but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what the future holds for, this version of Ring of Honor, hopefully it's good because obviously we all being wrestling fans, true wrestling fans, we don't want nothing to suck. We want to enjoy it all. We're kind of whorish in that matter. We want to enjoy all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, we want everything to be good. We don't want wrestling to suck. You know what I mean? So hopefully he does a good job with Ring of Honor and, you know, good luck to him. Um, so with that out of the way, the next show we will get into is NXT Stand and Deliver, which ironically is on the same day as night one of WrestleMania, but it's early in the afternoon around 12 o'clock, and uh, it is main evented by NXT champion Dolph Ziggler, and I'm not used to saying that yet. Um, Well, I shouldn't get used to it because he's probably going to lose it anyway, but Dolph Ziggler going into a WrestleMania weekend as a, a heavyweight champion defending against Braun Breaker, which I hope since now the Steiner brothers are going into the Hall of Fame, we could finally change that damn last name. Now that Scott Steiner is in the good graces again, apparently, and his Steiner's not a dirty name, maybe he can be Braun Steiner or or something when he ends up on the main roster. Then we have well, LA. Let's wait. Huh? Let's wait after let's wait for the speech first. Oh my God. I was <laughs> Scott Steiner with an open mic. Lord help us. <laughs> Well, NWA let him do it, and he wasn't that bad. He did, he did, he did call out that guy during the during that pay per view with um that uh what's the guy with the uh forgot the umbrella that um uh, his Scoo- name that he fought Nick Aldis Marty Squirrel oh, uh, Marty oh, Squirrel Marty yeah. Squirrel oh, yeah. yeah what is that yeah, guy so. is that guy out of hiding is he back <laughs> no no yeah, I haven't seen him around I guess the, the was it pedophilia or something like that <laughs> he's, hang, he's, he's hanging out with the yeah. Velveteen Dream where's he, where he at <laughs> yeah Velveteen Dream another one well he wants to come back because you know apparently I mean? he got exonerated from of all like allegations or charges or whatever so he he's yeah I, I looked at I looked at the thing Velveteen Dream's uh, situation looked like he would get exonerated yeah. he looked um a little bit suspicious, and he's much younger, so it's just like twenty six you know years I mean? old, man. He's still a baby. It's, it's like when I saw, like, I still have a problem. Like, I saw an episode of, um, remember the To Catch a Predator series? Yeah. So I saw an episode where an eighteen year old was talking to a fifteen year old, and they try to call him a, a sex predator. Wow. An eighteen year old is a high school senior, and a fifteen year old is a high school sophomore. I don't like the difference. I don't like it because. From a junior to a senior, you like two different mindsets. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, that was kind of the same thing with Velveteen. Because he was talking to a girl, I think he was, since he was like 21, and he she was like 17. Yeah. It was something, 
along those lines, which could be a, uh, a college senior and a college freshman. Yeah. Cause I was, when I got to college, I was 17 for at least the, the, the first portion. So, you know, he bought Velveteen's dream, uh, Velveteen dream. His situation was different. Marty's girl was. Yeah. Mad. I heard he did some, well, at least, you know, was involved in some craziness, <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> but yeah. So this was all news to me. I had no idea. Oh yeah. 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 yeah like I'm kind wondering of wondering what happened to him, but since I don't really follow a lot of uh, different company. Yeah. I was like, ah, I guess he's just gone. I didn't even buy like father to look <laughs> him up. Yeah. But now that you told me that I have a figure of his here and I'm about to throw that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Go look, go look it up. Go look it up to see before you do anything, so that you can see it for yourself. Yo, that 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 dude has been in hiding for like three years, bro. He was like, yo, he's been. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was right after the NWA pay per view. Everyone, I think, even ROH, kind of like yeah, associated. They kind of yeah, they got rid of him, and that's that. He was like their booker, right? For a little while, yeah, he was like their booker after Delirious left, or or after Delirious was done, Marty took over for a little while. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> so another guy who God knows why they changed his name, um, Gunther is going up against L.A. Knight. Um, I mean, Walter looks like he's getting in. I, I refuse to call him Gunther. Um, you know, Walter looks like he's getting yeah, in I don't very good shape. That. I don't understand that change. Yeah, me neither. And, and the fact that they almost gave him a last name that if they would have gave that to him would have been associated with a Nazi boatsman. Yeah. Um, it, it's very good that they didn't give him that last name. Um, <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, Walter looks like he's getting in very good shape because I mean, when Walter first came in, you know, he had the, he had the, he's always been a bigger guy. Like he had the belly. He don't really look like an athlete, even though he's a beast. You know what I mean? But now he's getting in great shape, which an in-shape Walter, good Lord. Um, So Walter and L.A. Knight. Then you have Imperium, his Imperium brothers, going up against the Creed brothers, going up against MSK in a triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team titles. Then you have Mandy Rose in a fatal four-way against Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray for the Women's Championship. Tommaso Ciampa in his last NXT match quote-unquote, last NXT match, going up against Tony D'Angelo. Then you have uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Santos Escobar versus Solo Sequoia versus Grayson Waller, Cameron Grimes for the North American title in a ladder match. Then the NXT women's tag team titles, sheesh, Toxic Attraction versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai getting back together. What do we think of this show, this lineup? I'm shocked that it's early on Saturday. I thought it was like tomorrow night to go head to head against the RH show. Yeah, but tomorrow I'm, night being SmackDown and the Hall of Fame, I don't know if they wanted to sneak NXT in there, but either way, they would have to sneak it in kind of early. Maybe start it after 10. Yeah, yeah. Maybe from 10 to 12. Maybe goes a little bit over to twelve thirty. Usually NXT shows end on time, so yeah, they do always. On, like on the dot. <laughs> yeah, they like they're old fashioned pay per views. I, I kind of like that about NXT. They do old fashioned pay per views. Like when In Your House used to come out and it was like on time all the time. Yeah, In Your House was two hours, just short two hours. 
Now you got WrestleMania was two hours. Now you got to think. Now you know? that it's Peacock and they're not really in control of everything, you think NBC is in control of their time slots? Huh, I didn't put that yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, I know they're, the, they're even the, in control of the Raw time slot. Yeah, because so I know Raw, with the Raw network, with the network, they could do whatever the hell they want. But now, you know, this is NBC's baby now, so I assume they they're in charge of like all the times and you know. Even even the paper you have you noticed like like when you're watching the pay per view through the network and not through like paying a pay per view but like through the network you notice that the show would always end on the zero so if it ends at eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock and then they immediately go into see I'm so used to back in the days the pay per view would finish the pay per view would start again yeah so it just goes yeah right into the Steve Austin show you know what I mean yeah and in order to see a replay you kind of got to wait a little bit <laughs> <It's> like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was so yeah. spoiled with the network. I'm so mad they sold that. That pissed me off. Because now with with the Peacock, it's like everything is in seasons. Like if it's a sitcom. And I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. It's like, look, it's WrestleMania season thir- 37 part one. I'm like, what the hell is this? I, was like, <laughs> I have a feeling that once McMahon is no longer in charge, maybe his daughter takes over. But, but with that guy Khan, but Nick they won't own it. Nick I think Khan. they'll sell it to NBC. Yeah, to Nick Khan. Mm. But I think they'll sell it to NBC. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. They've had a relationship with NBC for like a million years. You know, yeah, going, going back it. back in the day and all that stuff when they had the Saturday Night's main event. You know, that was all. Saturday Night's main <laughs> event was dope. I mean, I saw yeah. I saw most of it on VHS, but but still, it was dope. <laughs> it was it was like a pay per view, literally like a pay per view before the pay per views, and it was so good because you would watch it, and um, you anticipated because it, it was once a month at yeah. the end of the month, and so you you know Saturday Night Live was usually in that time slot, so it was when Saturday Night Live was was supposed to be on, but you knew it was coming, and the advertising was fierce. And and you kind of were aware, so you anticipated. So everybody in the household would watch it because it was like a pay per view. Yeah, you didn't always need WrestleMania. So that I think it also gave the lore of WrestleMania. It gave it some more oomph because you had all these monthly shows, and then you had the pay per views like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. That's why there wasn't a need for like more than the four at the time. Because yeah. you had like eight Saturday night main events, maybe ten during the year, and so it was, and it, and it was constantly good stuff. Like you had good fights. You had, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan losing the title to Andre the Giant on TV. Yeah, you didn't have to see it on pay per view, which then led to WrestleMania four and the tournament. The tournament, you know what yeah. I mean? So it was something that was there. Can it be replicated? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you remember they tried to bring it back like in 2006 and you know it was kind of stupid. <laughs> That's where they had like their yeah. their over the top like cringy matches like Matt Hardy boxing Evander Holyfield or something. Like it was just weird. <laughs> so with with do we think this is Dolph Ziggler's like last hurrah like them giving him this NXT title? Last hurrah in NXT, he's going back to the main roster. He's one of those guys that they're not they're not going to get rid of him. They like him. Yeah, but in terms of him even having a singles title, do we think this is the end? No, I don't think so. I do. You do? Really? Yeah, I think I, I definitely want to hear. <laughs> I just don't. He, look, he's great. 
but I just don't see he doesn't need a title. He doesn't need he's just gonna be used to help new talent. Just testing them out. He's gonna be like the new X Pac. <laughs> he's gonna be the new one to do kid. Like when you wanna know if you can go, put him against off. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And that's and that's all he's gonna be used for. He's gonna have this run with Rude for a while. And they'll turn that's on each not other. Going they already they already won the titles once. That's it. Then I don't see them even winning that again. Yeah, and and typical WWE booking. They'll turn on each other at some point. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. They might just turn rude face, give him the glorious entrance. You know, yeah. back to him, and, and just hope that people remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fall in love with it the way they did the first time. I think something like that will be similar to like Nakamura that they gave him his song back and you know, the people are going along with it and stuff. But in reality it's kind of like, you know, how special would Nakamura be if he didn't have the, the Looney tune known as Rick Boogs with him right now? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, he only worked for a little bit, Rick Boogs and it worked not because of Rick Boogs, but it really worked because of uh, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee too. Dancing on the table. That's really, that yeah. that's really what made it work. <laughs> yeah, because WWE made a big mistake eons ago with similar to Nakamura and Rude by taking those entrances away from them because that's what you, you if you give the crowd something to chant along with, it's always gonna have a good reaction. You know, New Age Outlaws. You know, uh, uh, oh, you didn't know? You asked better call somebody. Uh, anything that the crowd can go with every single time. Enzo and Cass. The same old shtick each each entrance, but you know what? Every single time the crowd sang along with them. And if you and if that really makes a superstar, you know, popular, you take that away from them and you give them some generic crappy entrance, and then you give that back to them, it's not gonna have the same feel. It's not gonna have the same, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, that's WWE for you. Um how in your opinion, Sam, how, how far, how high is the ceiling for Braun Breaker? Oh, wow. He could be a star. He could be a star if done correctly. Um, I see that they could do with him. He, he needs better mic skills. Yeah. But uh, they might have to let him go crazy like his uncle. Yes. You know? Yes. That, that's what's probably going to have to happen. And he sounds just like him. His uncle. <laughs> yeah. Just let him go nuts. Matter of fact, if they could somehow just censor Scott Steiner just slightly, not, not you know, he, he could say crazy things, but just say, just censor her just, just slightly. I would make him his manager. Ooh. And let him just be brutal. Just let him be the mouthpiece. A bunch of math equations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. you know what? 33%. Eventually, they could take Ron Baker and put him with, with, with Paul Heyman. The next Paul Heyman guy. Yeah. Let, let Paul Heyman, just like, just like he, 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 he did and achieved what Roman Reigns needed. He started as the mouthpiece for Roman Reigns. Now Roman Reigns talks and now he can verbally jab. Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar was the same way. They let Paul Heyman jab, you know, do the jabbing for him. Now Brock can go back and forth and jab. 
That's what Braun Breaker needs. He needs somebody like that. The crazy thing is, at this point, I don't even think Roman needs Paul anymore. Honestly. No, he doesn't. (laughs) Just like Brock didn't need Paul, I don't think uh, at this point Roman doesn't need him anymore. And I think that Paul should make Braun Breaker his new guy. I mean... How wild would your first idea like to let Scotty be his man? How wild would that be? <laughs> that would be good. That'd be real good. You just have to you just have to figure out a way that let him say crazy stuff but censor him. I don't know. He did a good job at that at NWA. I don't know if Billy Corgan must have told him something. Um he only made a couple of appearances. It's not like he was there the whole yeah, time. Yeah. But he did call a He's a wild man, bro. He, he is call a, a fan. wild he said, man. You eating, you fat guy eating your potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> he told that guy that. But that, I could deal with that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I could deal with that. How how long before WWE turns Braun into the next big Papa Pump? Dye his hair blonde, put the mesh on his head, do the... As soon as he goes to the main roster. <laughs> as soon. The same thing they did with Pete Dunne. Oh, no. His name is Butch. <laughs> like, I really, I don't understand these name changes. I don't understand the purpose of it. Yeah, like, I don't get that. If I you want to give Dunn a new image, make him look like from that time period, yeah. it's fine because it fits him perfectly. Why not just call him Dunn? Yeah, yeah. Or just call him Or just, just let him be Pete Dunn. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Be Pete Dunn. You don't it's, have to call like him the Bruiserweight, but why? But why you gotta name him Butch? What is Butch? I hear Butch, I think of the Bushwhackers. <laughs> what? what oh, it's so bad. Like I, makes, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It's, it's not a thing. He's not coming from a different federation. He's in the same system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like imagine going from junior high school to high school and they change your name. <laughs> <laughs> You've elevated, sir. Yeah. Now your name is this. <laughs> the minute you go from ninth to tenth grade, they're like, "Oh yeah, Jonathan, you're now Huang." <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, I thought L.A. Knight was a bad name, but but I'm used to it now. But it's like I I still yeah. I still yeah, I was think... waiting for Eli Drake. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they they came out L.A. Knight. I was like, what? And then he he made it work. And I think of the sneakers. You remember those sneakers, the LA Knights? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The light up joints. Is it it just me, or is LA Knight giving off a lot of Austin vibes? Yeah. Yeah, but that's his, his, um, him and The Rock were his um, influences coming up. So he kind of has that, both of them. He was actually the body double in a video game for The Rock. The way he, lately, the way he's been moving around, the way he wears like his shirts now too. Yeah, yeah. And, and like Gene, he kind of walk and he puts his head down almost when he does his little instead of like the what he does whatever it is he does now. You yeah. know what he does the he does the yeah. Kind of, yeah yeah yeah. You know who he got the yeah from, right? It wasn't he, he got it from uh, what's his face uh, Prince Albert. Uh, oh yeah, Prince Albert. Yeah. Oh yeah, because when, he was already in the NIT, NIT, NXT, NIT. He was already in the NXT system. He was yeah, already there years, training years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted him. They always wanted him. You know, yep. he was in that system before he went to Impact. He was in that system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny you mentioned stuff like that. Adam Cole got yeah, baby from from uh, Jericho. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like Jericho used to, you know, put his foot on the guy's chest and go, "Yeah, yeah, baby," and then he'd be like, "Ah," oh. and then that, that's when he came over Adam Cole, baby. He just, everybody steals something from somebody. <laughs> he had to. He had to do that because Joey Mercury was on a show, and Joey Mercury was talking to himself, saying, "I'm Joey Mercury. I'm Joey Mercury," yeah. and that he was going to go out doing that, and people were going to remember that in the indie show. And he was like, I need to do something like that so I can be remembered. And that's what started. Yeah. And then it became, he made it baby to be annoying. And then yeah. people caught on. And it stuck. Yeah. Damn, I remember <laughs> I remember seeing Joey Matthews on the indie scene, always hitting his chest and throwing his arms in the air. Joey Matthews. I used to, ah, damn. <laughs> that was when ECW went under and him and Christian York were, were doing a lot of indie shows. Um. Yeah. So, What's crazy is I can't even say Adam Cole without saying Bebe at, at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just you know it's a part of it. It's almost like it's one name. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, like Cole. Like Cole is his middle name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Cole Bebe. Like, what's your last name, sir? Bebe. <laughs> so to get through this NXT show, quick predictions: Ziggler, Breaker. Who wins that match? Breaker. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. LA Knight and once again I'm not calling him Gunther. LA Knight and Walter. Ah, Walter's gonna win, but I, I I don't think they should job out um Eli or LA, whatever you want to call now. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think the they will. Which one? Uh Walter? LA Knight I think is gonna go oh, to okay. uh, the main roster. But Walter's gonna win. Yeah. Then as long as it's not a job. No, I don't think it is. I think they're gonna they're gonna showcase LA Knight pretty strong in defeat. <laughs> I think I think they I, I, I think they have the possibility to steal the show if they let them. LA yeah. Knight is about to get lit up. <laughs> yeah, yo, those chops. Oh. <laughs> then you have his his fellow Imperium members along with the Rascals, aka MSK, and the Creed brothers, who are the most uh, they need like a coat of paint. Like, like their characters are just talk about not having characters. Those guys are literally, you got them right off the mat at a high school wrestling out of a high school wrestling gym and threw them in the WWE. You got, <laughs> you got the Creed brothers, MSK and Imperium. I got MSK. Yeah. I think MSK stays. Yeah. If, if MSK doesn't stay, I would, I'd rather see Imperium have it again. It's definitely those two. It definitely is not going to be the other team. It, it, yeah. Imperium, they could have a storyline. MSK, they could continue the storyline. Um, I think MSK, like you guys said, so. And and we were talking about Heyman earlier. Just a, a, a like, I, let's just say I am so glad that we actually have another manager. I, I know he's in NXT, but damn, Stokely Hathaway. Well, I know that's not his name here in NXT. I forgot Malcolm Bivens. I think is his name in NXT. I am so glad to have like just another manager because it's been only Heyman since like 2012. It's like, come on, man. No, we need. <laughs> um, what's his face was a manager. Um, yeah, a new had, guy. which Halo one? Rush. That's right. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was more like well, and, Lashley's they, and they hype. messed that one up though because he was like a cheerleader. He was like a hype man. man. He was like his hype man. Yeah, it was. It was. He was, it, it worked at the beginning, and then someone just lost interest. Yeah. And then they then they oddly jobbed uh <laughs> Bron, um at WrestleMania. They dropped they jobbed both of them. It was just yeah. weird. Yeah. 
And I know I think Zeb Coulter was like somewhere in there also in the middle, but yeah, you know, he, he was yeah, that guy was good. He was old we the though. People. He was he was good, but he was just I mean, you know, D- Dutch Mantel is so old at the at that point. You know, he was in the scooter at some point. I was like, come on, guy. <laughs> yeah, and then they put him with Del Rio, which made no damn sense. But whatever. I'm just glad we have another manager because managers now is like a dead gimmick nowadays. You know what I mean? Like we just got Heyman. In the WWE, yes. That's true, yes. Other places, it's still flourishing. You still see it in AEW. You still see it in NWA. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't caught any MLW episodes recently, so I'm not sure if they have any. Yeah. Other than the Contra group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, the their main guy now is that Kruger guy, right? He, he, him and Fatu are fighting each other. I I didn't I, I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. So I'm like, oh, when does Fatu, where does Jacob Fatu, Fatu go after Fatu MLW? Is, where where's in the W? What you mean? Like uh, like like what federation does that guy end up in? Fatu. Yeah. WWE wants him, but that whole thing where he punched the fan in the face. <laughs> get him. Um, but they want him. I think he ultimately ends up in WWE. He's I so told good. you a long time ago. I, I I think it would be awesome if he joined the um, the bloodline. Uh, the the yeah the bloodline. Mm. That would just be that would be make them really badass. Yeah, it would that guy is so good? All right, back back to this card real quick. Tommaso Ciampa's final go in NXT against Tony D'Angelo. Does he do the job for the up-and-coming NXT star, or does he come out with the win? I think he does the job. Where's he going anyway? Either Raw or SmackDown. I'm not sure which one. He's been oh, on. Okay. I, I think he's was, he's been on Raw. Caught. He's been on Raw the past few weeks. Yeah, I saw him come out in the back in backstage of Raw. He was with uh, with LA Knight actually. And they looked at a, uh, it was at a Dolphin and Bobby Roode. And Bobby Roode, yeah. It was weird. Yeah. thought they were going to bring him up much sooner. Yes, man. But, well, they were going to bring him and Gargano up about a year or two ago, but then I think, was it, Tommaso got injured and then that messed it up for Gargano. They sent him back to NXT. <laughs> um, but didn't, didn't he also say he didn't want to go to the main roster? Yeah, that was that was the character, you know, being pro NXT saying he'll never go to the main roster or whatever the case, but well, he's there now. <laughs> yeah. no, but he, he like in an interview, he said just because his, because of his injuries, he just, he didn't think he, it would, he'd be able to like maintain the traveling schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I know for NXT, like they're, the they're, they're strictly NXT. Florida and NXT, so he could just stick around and stuff, but. I guess uh, the business needs always always makes the call. <laughs> they feel like they need him. Maybe he'll give it a run and then just call it quits. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people don't realize, you know, Champa's not a spring chicken. He's been around a long time. He was the attorney that got uh, choke slammed by uh, Undertaker years and years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he had hair. And you remember uh, MJF was the guy in NXT that Samoa Joe pushed into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, okay, so we have, we, this match will probably steal the show on NXT. NXT American uh, North American Championship ladder match, Santos Escobar, Carmelo Hayes, Solo Sequoia, which is the baby Uso, Grayson Waller, and Cameron Grimes. I'm going to go with Santos Escobar. 
I think that's a toss-up. You know why I think it's a toss-up? Because Vegas couldn't even put odds on that one. Yeah. They put odds on every other match, and they, 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 they expect two title changes, and they didn't even put odds on that one yet. So there's something to be said about that match and how to predict it. That one is really interesting what's going to happen. Word. Then we got the women's tag team match. I'm going to just stick with Toxic Attraction because I love me some yeah. G- I love me some Gigi Dolan. Um, <laughs> Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla yes, Kelly. Yes. You remember she was like the girl that did the tampon spots in the Indies? <laughs> yeah, they tarnished the name, man. She was she's so dope. She's still dope, but I, yeah. like, I don't even know how honestly how I came across her. But I remember that I, I like came across a page on IG. Yeah. Okay, who's this? And then I just started watching her matches. I was like, yeah, she's pretty dope. And then I, I found out she was with Darby Allen, and I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're. Yeah, dumb. they complimented each other. Really well. I think they're done. I, I wasn't. Yeah, they they split. They they were married. They lasted like a couple months, and then oh shit, they were he actually married. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it now. I think I saw some photos. Uh, and he goes to AEW, she's on WWE, and now she's Gigi. But yeah, she's pretty good. She's doing man. her thing. I like her a lot, yeah. Then Fatal 4-Way, Mandy Rose, Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. I say they put the belt on Kaylee Ray. I don't see any toxic attraction losing. They're just too hot right now. Yeah. I, I, think, I think there might be a new champion. Just to start a feud for the summer. Just to start a feud for the new season coming in with, unless they're gonna put uh, that 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 whole um, fraction on uh, one of the other um, you know one of the other shows. Probably like Smack because let's let's be honest, you know everyone. I, I don't know. Everyone likes to seem like they're raving about women's wrestling in WWE, but it's really at a down point. Um, I'm not too much of a fan, but it's like when I look, like they say, when I see SmackDown, because that I I watch religiously. I really don't see much. So, and when I look at Raw, all you have is really um, the champ. What is he? Big time Bex now. That's yeah. what she's going by. Yeah. And and um, and her opponent that's going to be for WrestleMania. And I don't see anyone else. Yeah. You know, a lot of Bianca. Then? Natalia. No. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 they they dropping her too. So she's like. Listen, she's winning the tag titles with Liv. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll probably win it, and then if that goes nowhere, they're gonna have to find something. Because they are one hundred percent gonna win. I guarantee you that's gonna be Liv, Liv's first belt. Her first belt is gonna be the tag title. <laughs> what? But wasn't no, she wasn't right. Rhea wasn't the Raw Women's t- Champion yet, huh? Did she have that belt? Mm-hmm. No, she had the NXT title when Charlotte beat her. Yeah. And yeah. no, she she had another title in, in Charlotte Beater again. I think one of he shared one of the titles. I think she had the Raw Championship and then Charlotte Beater. Yeah, I could have sworn she and, had and a championship had, already. Charlotte did the exchange. Yeah. At Mania was that at Mania? Yeah, both times. Hmm. Yeah, I think she beat her for the belt when you know during when the the pandemic. This was even pre, this was even like pre uh, Dome. Yeah, they didn't have anything in the crowd at that point. That was I a, think this was might have been the first mania, right? In, in Tampa when they didn't have a crowd. 
Yeah, yeah, the, like the the right after the, the shutdown. This was like the immediate mania yes. after the shutdown. Yes, yep. That was such a weird mania because it was like, you know, Drew. Yeah, Drew beat Lesnar, and then all of a sudden he gets challenged by the Big Show. It was like, what? What? Yeah, the, I, I couldn't get that. What the hell is this? It was like. <laughs> it was like to validate him, but it was like it just didn't make sense. Yeah. I just think it was. I, it was one of those. All right, Drew is gonna rock this belt for this whole pandemic, so we just gotta make him look like he could beat everybody's ass. So who's the biggest guy we could put? <laughs> <give him> big show. <laughs> the big show. And big then, show. and then, two years later, he's uh, wrestling. You know, uh, Happy Corbin. Um. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. That's just setting him up, keeping him active. Cause he's gonna be back on the main. On the, uh, main yeah, main. I agree. I I think so. I I think I think they have a plan for him for later. I I agree. I I don't think he's done yet. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think. Is. I don't. I don't think he's done yet. By far, I think he's too big of a star. <laughs> and I feel like they owe him a good title reign with with people in the crowd. <laughs> you know, because I could yeah. see him being a champ by by SummerSlam, taking one of the titles. Who knows? He could probably be that name that you know. Well, we'll get. We'll, we'll, I'll get into that. We'll, we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have an interesting <laughs> theory about that. All right. So now, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is going to be taking place after SmackDown, and so far, and there could be one more name added to this list. And I'll mention that after I get through these names, but we'll just go through go through these real quick. Warrior Award recipient, and I thought he should have got this last year. Um, Shad Gaspard, who uh, obviously passed away about a year or two ago, saving his son from drowning, and he ended up drowning himself. Um, so he's getting the Warrior Award. I I would think, and I know Dana Warrior is going to present, but I think obviously JTG should. You know, they accept this award for him, right? Now, who who else could it be? One hundred percent. You know, and I know, I know, Dave Batista is a, a good friend, uh, was a good friend of Shad, but you know, he's he's not going to be there. So, I would I would say, I Shad. think he I think he presents the award. I don't think he receives it. I think his family receives it, and probably they let his son say something the one that he saved. Yeah, that that's man. That'll be a one of those tear jerker. It'll moments. be emotional. Yeah, yeah. it'll be emotional. And and you know, I think I think it will be respectful to allow it to be an emotional moment. Um, yeah, it, you know, because most times they say, "Oh, you know, WWE's taking advantage." I think in that situation, I think it would be, I think it would be proper. Yep, yep. So, Shad Gaspard gets the Warrior Award. The aforementioned Steiner brothers, which which you know, when I heard the rumor of uh, Ricky and Scott going in, you know, I was like, "Oh, please." And 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 ghosts would agree with me, and I'm sure Sammy would too. For me, my favorite tag team of all time was old school Steiner Brothers. You know, before there was Taz, before he was supposedly the suplex machine, these were the suplex machines. These guys, and these guys schooled Taz on suplexes when they had a short run in ECW. So these were my favorite tag teams. I mean, go, having great matches against the Road Warriors, Doom, the skyscrapers, freaking uh, the nasty boys. Then come the WWE, Money Incorporated, the Hart Brothers. The, these dudes in, in Japan. I have a two DVD set of at least ten to twelve matches of the Steiner Brothers in Japan. 
going against uh, Hiroshi Hase and 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 Power Warrior, who was Kensuke Sasaki, uh, Sting and Luger. Um, um, all man, the the these guys were my favorite tag team. Um, so just right off the bat, memories of the Steiner brothers from you guys. What what do you guys got? Dude, after the Road Warriors, because LOB, my favorite tag team of all time, was the Steiner Brothers. Everything about these guys, the look, the attitude, even when I was younger, the, the colorful uh, singlets, yeah. I thought were kind of cool. It reminded me of like the Rockers. And the moveset on these guys was oh insane. Like, you see them suplex, and you're like, well, yeah, obviously you can suplex them. Look how big he is. And then you see a damn Frankensteiner. Yeah, yeah. And then you see... <laughs> and then, you know, suplex is off the top rope. And then, you know, the screwdriver. And oh, I was like, what the this guy doing? He's like, insane. murdering guys, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had Rick, who's running around the damn ring like a, like a pit bull. Yep. And then just barking like he had me running around the house as a kid just barking <laughs> and those and those those clotheslines those steiner lines were were like oh <laughs> oh my god and the tag team yeah the the, the tag team moveset was just they were perfect together yeah yeah any memories were, off the top of your head sam yeah they were they were technical geniuses um you know, that, that was an era of so many tag teams, though. Um, that was probably the golden age of tag teams. And they were they were in the middle of it. Um, even at the beginning of the 90s, the golden age was still there. Um, they were one of the best. Them, Road Warriors, uh, the Prey Busters, which were, uh, yeah. you know, Arn, Arn and uh, Tully. horsemen. Um, you know, you had all those technical tag teams. And then you had in WCW, you had the Midnight Express. So, you know. Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. yeah. But the Steiner brothers were, the reason the Steiner brothers were good to me and one of the best um, was because they could be face and heel, but they were that first face team, that majority face, that you knew was intimidating. You knew they didn't suck. You knew it wasn't like, oh, look, the good guy's going to get his butt kicked again. It was like, oh, this is the Steiner brothers. Yeah. They, they're going to fight the. Uh, the the road warriors. This is, this is not going to be a pushover team, you know. Yeah. So yeah, Man, they, I, they had a lot of. I remember time. watching one of those DVDs of them in Japan going up against Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow, which in my head is like Jesus, the girth of that tag team. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Vader and Bam Bam were at that point, Bam Bam got a little heavier. So he was around the 400 pound mark Vader. Who's four fifty? He was still flipping in that match. Yeah. He was still Yo, flipping. And these dudes were suplexing belly to belly overheads, German yeah. suplex throws. I was like, damn. And, and before this is obviously before Scotty got so big, he couldn't move. When he became Big Papa Pump, he could barely move. He was just strictly a power wrestler at that point and just suplex you on your head. But when he was mobile, oh, my gosh, bro. I, I would have loved, and WCW actually tried to give Scotty a singles run in the early 90s before they went to WWE, but he, he didn't want yeah, to se- separate from Rick, so they ended up just going to WWE at that point. Dude, yeah, he Frank- waited for his brother to kind of retire. <laughs> Frankenstein is off the vertical oh, like yeah ridiculous 
and I remember he used to do a move where he would grab a guy in a power slam position and do a moonsault with the guy with holding the dude. And Scotty would always land on his head, but, <laughs> but it was still impressive. He's holding a guy and does a freaking moonsault, like you said, off the vertical. Unbelievable. Unbelievable athlete. And Rick, who was the veteran of the, of, of the team, because he was, he was in a Mid-South, you know, back in the day before even Scotty even came up. He came up, uh, Rick Steiner came up with Sting and a bunch of those other guys. And Rick, I think, was underrated. He was a hard hitter. He'll suplex you to death. He'll do that bulldog off the top rope, just jumping off the rope and landing on you. Like, like you said, they those two together were perfect for each other. You know, the brothers, they known each other all their lives, so they had the chemistry. And, you know, Rick was the kind of the character. Scott was more quiet until he started talking when it especially when they went to ECW because I was like, oh, look, it's the Steiners. You know, they don't really talk that much. That they have the match with the Eliminators who were Perry Saturn and John Cronus oh, was, a, was, oh my gosh. Then they uh, they had a short run against not the Dudley Boys that we would know today because a lot of people don't realize the Dudley Boys started as like a 15-man family. So they, <laughs> 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 everybody remembers Bubba Ray, Devon, and, and some people remember Spike, but a lot of people ain't going to remember Dudley Dudley or Dances with Dudley or, or you know, Big Big Dick Dudley or a lot of those guys. But the Steiners had matches against the Dudley family back then. You know, uh, they had a – there was one match, and I'll get to the next inductee after this, I swear to God. There was one match in particular. It was a six-man tag. It was the Steiners and I want to say Eddie Guerrero against Dean Malenko, Two Cold Scorpio, and Cactus Jack. When I first saw that on a video cassette that I had, that lineup, I said, is that real? I was like, I was a bootleg. So I was like, this this match can't be real. I put it in. I said, oh, my God, this is happening. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. I was like, and it was a phenomenal. I mean, look at the names. A bunch of great athletes and Cactus Jack. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I've been waiting for this for a long time. And to see it happen and to see Scott Steiner back in the good graces, is uh, I'm ecstatic for that. So then... Honestly, no disrespect to Booker T, but damn it, really, Charmel? I don't see it. She's done nothing. Like, okay, this is how I remember Queen Charmel, okay? She was a nitro girl, dancer. She became she like midnight. She became uh no, that was a different woman. That was a big, she was a big woman, by the way, that one. She became Paisley, who was Prince Iakea's version of like Apollonia or some crap like that. Then she got with Booker. I didn't see her until Booker T became King Booker. And all she did was scream King Booker. And then they went to TNA and she had the worst match in history with Jenna Maraska. After that, what'd she do? I don't know. How is this woman Besides getting the ultimate endorsement by her husband, a two-time Hall of Famer, how is this woman a Hall of Famer? I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah, you got me. <laughs> I don't get well, that at all. What other options were there? Are there any other females that you would have uh, put in? Because it had to be at least one female. Victoria. True. 
Mickey James, who they just used in the Royal Rumble. That would have made more sense to me. Yeah. Now, do you think because because they're still active? Because for the most part, it feels like they they put everybody in the Hall of Fame who who isn't currently active. Well, yeah. I mean, they had to have been somebody. <laughs> they had to have been somebody. <laughs> She's, yeah, they have to. There's there's tons that they, if they if they don't want to put active people. Um, but major guns not available. <laughs> oh my god! She actually probably had more matches than Charmel. Who knows? <laughs> In that latter part of WCW, what I'm sure she probably had more matches than. Oh man! I think that's the problem with the Hall of Fame. They put too many people in in one shot. Yeah, and then they run out of people. Um, this year is that. Yeah, yeah. This might be this might be the one year where I actually sit through the whole thing because they got some pretty big names this yeah. year. And and just going with it, right after her is Vader. I mean, they waited too long. They should have inducted that man maybe three or four years ago. When he was when he was still healthy and he was telling people, listen, the doctor tells me I got this much time. We they should have brought that man in, you know, years ago. Now, for me, probably the best big man for the, his size because he wasn't that tall. You know, he's not seven foot. You know, he's not. You know, six. He's not even six. He's not even six eight or six seven. He was maybe six four, but he was four hundred and fifty pounds and he was athletic as heck. What what's the first memories you got, Sam, when you when you think of Big Van Vader? Hold on. I don't know if you can hear me now. Yeah, yeah. I pressed the mute button. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed the mute button, then I double-clicked it too hard. No, you got um, uh, The big steaming helmet, when he used to put, where he, when he was in Japan and then he first came to WCW, he'd just lay it down. And just, it was this whole mystique behind him. And, the, and he used to come in with Harley Race and and just all of a sudden just start kicking everybody's ass and then do a suplex. I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was. That helmet was dope. <laughs> Dude, the smoke out of that helmet was the best. Yeah, and he used to just ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the mastodon puts it on the rampway. I forgot which event it was. I had an event, the WCW event. I think it's probably the first WCW event I ever had on VHS. Yeah, and it was one of the opening matches. And this dude, the master dog, comes out. Yeah. And I remember being a kid, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And he takes off that helmet, he puts it on the ramp, and all of a sudden, I see smoke coming out this thing. Crazy. Like on cue, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and does, like a, like, he does he like a little dance. He's like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it smoke around, and I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. And then he's just like a piece of a man. Yeah. yeah. I feel, you know, I, I don't have many regrets, but I actually ran into him, I want to say like five years ago, mm. five, six years ago at a con. I think it was like winter con. Yeah. And he had a table, you know, signing autographs. And like I walked past and I kind of caught a glimpse of him. And, you know, this is, this is when he was, you know, he's sick already. 
And I was like, holy crap, it's, it's Vader. And like, I was so tempted, but he had a bit of a line because, you know, it's Vader. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to look around. And so I didn't, I didn't stay on the damn line to, to get his autograph. But I, you know, I was close enough to get to see him. I was like, oh, you know, I got to see him in person, you know, a couple feet from each other. Yeah. And then like a year later or two, I hear, you know. He passed away, yeah. He passed away. And I was like, damn, that sucks, man. Yeah. Like, I really wish I would have got to, to at least just tell him that story, you know? Yeah. I saw the helmet and, like, I was going crazy in my house, <laughs> yeah. you know, watching. Like, who is this guy? Like, he legit was, like, this villain from, like, a, like straight out of a comic book. For me. Yeah. I have, I have kind mm-hmm. of that same regret in terms of Scott Hall because Hall, Nash, and Hogan were doing an NWO signing at his beach shop in Orlando, like, three years ago. And I was like... <sighs> should I, should I, I mean, damn, it, it's, it's all three of them. I mean, like, and I was just like, ah, I just couldn't make it. I just couldn't make it out there. So I was like, damn. All right. And then, you know, obviously I I didn't think three years later, you know, that hall would have passed, but you know, that's why I, I was like, damn, that's why in my head, I'm like, if I have an opportunity like that, I, I think from now on, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go for it. You know, whatever. I was like, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I actually went to, surprisingly enough, we went to, I think it was in Queens, and we went to a Lucha Libre ah! event. And who would have thought at a Lucha Libre event, the outsiders would be there doing a meeting? <laughs> These dudes walked in like an hour late, like <laughs> totally blasted. But they were having the time of their life. That's awesome. You know, and, and, and they signed everybody's autographs and stuff, and signed everybody's uh, photos. And I was tempted, but I did the same thing. I said, you know what? Now, I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. You know, it was cool just to have them like walk past me or whatever. Yeah, I got yeah. to hear the hey yo, like yeah, because <laughs> you know it was a little lucha indie lucha event, so it was like I was in front row. He's yeah. right there. So I was like, ah, that's good enough. But I never thought that you know. This would happen. Yeah, not just all like literally the coolest character. Yep, ever in professional wrestling. Yeah, and I saw like a lot of shoot interviews with him, and he just seemed like just he's just that cool guy, you know, all the time. Which is how it was so easy for him to portray that character. You know, so that one hurt. That one did hurt a little. Yeah, yeah at the at that meeting we. He was, even though I didn't walk up, like, I, I kept, like, glancing over, and he looked like he was having the time of his life. He was just, like, talking to Tev, and he was just, like, laughing it up and seemed to be uh, enjoying his time there with all the kids that ran up to him. And he seemed like a cool dude. And then, obviously, the main event of this Hall of Fame, I mean, The, the Undertaker. I mean, what can you say? I mean... <laughs> for me probably the greatest character that wwe ever produced hands down because though he may not be the greatest wrestler of all time he is definitely in terms of wwe the greatest character ever the most longevity i mean damn his last match was what a year and a half ago and he's been been there since 1990 i mean can't beat that longevity so like Hearing Mark Calloway do interviews now, it's like, okay, this guy's probably going to get emotional. You know what I mean? <laughs> In well, front he, of. He says he is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 
what can like I said, I mean, what can we say about the Undertaker that we don't already, you know, know? But what would be your guys' favorite moment or one of your favorite because there's so many favorite moments of the Undertaker in wrestling history? All right, so because Undertaker is my favorite wrestler of all time, the memory that I always have of Taker, it's the one that always pops into my mind, was against Yokozuna in a casket match when he gets jumped by like 15 guys, <laughs> loses the match, which I was so annoyed that he lost the match. <laughs> but then, dude came on the, the Tyatron, did this whole thing about like he was leaving, he like literally died. You see him <laughs> being lifted with wings off, off the screen, <laughs> flying into the air and just goes into like darkness. And I was like, yo, Undertaker's dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> and the dude was gone for like seven months. And I was like, yeah, this might be the coolest shit because like the smoke started coming out of the casket. Yeah. Yokozuna, who scared out of his ass. Like some of the best acting he's ever done, like was like terrified at what the hell was going on. And I thought that was fantastic. And then he comes back with the purple. Yep. And I was like, this is badass. Came back with the purple to confront Ted DiBiase's indie faker, Brian Lee. the fake. Taker, dude, that that whole that was like a uh, like a whole nine month long storyline. And I remember with that that which led into SummerSlam that they had like Leslie Nielsen trying to be a detective to try to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would go through the stadium and he would see like the shadows and he would like follow it. And he'll narrate it like I I felt I felt the cool darkness in the in the room and. And I feel like I'm this close to solving the case of the whereabouts of the Undertaker. And it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, Sam, what 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 what's one of your favorite memories or uh, of or your favorite memory of the Undertaker? There were several. Um, I liked. <laughs> I used to scare kids at the beginning. I was a kid myself when I think I was like maybe eleven, twelve when he first came out. Yeah, and. He used to horrify the kids. The yeah. kids used to cry. Like I think I went to MSG and I saw him come out and the kids were bawling, crying, like, oh holding on to their parents, like just afraid. Like um then I remember he was on the Tuesday in Texas, how he took the belt from Hogan and they stripped him. Yeah. And then that was during the time that they started bringing in the the body bag match, which was oh my god. Yep. He he couldn't lose. He couldn't lose. And, but I kind of knew they were going to let him lose to the Ultimate Warrior. That's when I knew it was going to break. But it went for like a good year and change where he just couldn't lose that body bag match or maybe two years. He put, he put Macho Man in it. He put a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, the Ultimate Warrior finally beats him at the body bag match. And everyone's like, finally! <laughs> and then Macho Man comes and beats him at it. You know, so but that was a good, a good run. But I my... The next best thing I remember, because he, he started becoming a little bit stale to me. I loved him and whatever, but I liked when he became the badass, mm. you know? I liked when he did that, because I remember him dragging Hulk Hogan as that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was cool. That character, I, I, I could have done with that character staying to the end. 
I would not mind. Man, I remember when he first became well, he he was still a baby face when he turned into that character, but when he turned heel and became like the big evil version of American Badass, it was so crazy cuz JR's in the ring and Vince McMahon is trying to make him kiss his ass, right? So it's like Taker walks in and he goes, "JR, you think you're better than me?" And he was like, "What? What?" It was like yeah, I kiss Vince McMahon's ass all the time. Are you better than me? He was like, you're going to kiss his ass. And he grabbed him and he shoved his face in Vince's ass. It was, like, <laughs> it was like that whole run was like people not respecting him. You know what I mean? And his decade of dominance or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, the American badass of, of Taker of, of when he turned heel. But I think my favorite incarnation of Undertaker is probably Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. He was a scary dude. Talk about when he first came out. He was crazy when it was Ministry of Darkness. When he he'll just he'll have the big cloak with the hood, looking like a, a you know lead druid or something. And Paul Bearer was back with him, and then they they hung Stephanie McMahon on the cross, and he was gonna do like a black wedding kind of Maria and stuff. Like he was bugged out, and then they took Steve Austin to like the graveyard, and they were gonna embalm him. <laughs> <laughs> like he did some crazy stuff but um but yeah man i mean an absolute the only thing the only thing that killed ministry for me was the group yeah yeah it's like you have viscera you had minions yep you had APA. And i was like these people they feel like such random guys random to put together random yep it was like they brought because Mabel was like, I guess they figured, what do we do with this giant of a dude that, you know, he's just pretty much a job guy at this point. Ah, oh, put him with Taker. All right. You know, you had Those were his, you had his Midian people, who was like outside of it, you know, Phineas Godwin, who they turned into Midian. And then, you know, Bradshaw and Farouk, they put them together, which turned out to be a great pairing. And then you also had the brood in there for a little while until they got kicked off, but the the brood didn't need to be in there. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a decent group when it first started, and then they turned it into a corporate ministry, and then it all went to shit. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, an absolute, obviously an absolute legend, totally deserve. I I wouldn't have minded honestly if they just had an Undertaker, you know. Just just induct Undertaker. Let him talk for like a half an hour, 40 minutes. I would have took that. But it's good that they got the whole class. And um, the rumored last name, if he even gets put in, is Sid Vicious. Um, I like Sid. I'm a Sid fan. I save did, him I for next him. year. Save him for next year? <laughs> yeah, save him for next year. He wouldn't be a bad you know? second place to Batista because I'm 100% positive Batista is headlining next year. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I mean... Next year, Hollywood, right? Hollywood, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Sid, who when the first time I saw Sid, and this was before I got into tape trading back in the day and saw him when he was younger as part of the skyscrapers with Dan Spivey and, and, and other than Memphis and Lord humongous and all that shit with the Jason mask and all that. First time I saw Sid was Halloween havoc 1991, which I didn't even know he was part of the four horsemen at the time wrestled sting for the world title. And I was like, what a monster of a dude, <laughs> six foot nine, 320 pounds, got blonde Jerry curls. And he was just a beast. 
you know, power bombs and choke slams. And I was like, damn. And then as time went on, I started seeing history of them. Sid Justice and WWF main evented WrestleMania 8 with Hulk Hogan, which I thought was a travesty because you had Hogan and Flair in the same company and you didn't put them in the match at Mania, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but but I always, uh, even though Sid wasn't the greatest wrestler, I always, I was a fan of the character. Yeah. He was starting his own fans. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Sid, I think I think the Sid. main event of that WrestleMania should have been Flair and Hogan. Yeah. And then let Sid, I would have let Sid interrupt and interfere and let uh, Flair keep the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Macho Man comes to rescue and then you set up something for SummerSlam between um, Flair and Macho Man for SummerSlam and Sid and maybe you, you squeeze out of Hogan uh, uh, um, SummerSlam that year, you know, because he was going to retire anyway. That was his last thing. Maybe so you say, "Hey, let's do it. Let's push it for SummerSlam," you know. And as it far as I can remember, if if I, I think and I think I'm right on this, Sid was the first one to kick out of Hulk Hogan's leg drop of Doom in WWF. Because if you saw that match, Hogan hit the leg drop. Sid kicked out at one, <laughs> did a nip up, and started beating down Hogan when Papa Shango came out. Yeah. Papa Shango came out and then Warrior came back. It was like when everybody thought that wasn't the same guy because he was leaner and had short hair. <laughs> they were like, yeah. who the heck is this? It was like, and then he started wearing those singlets with muscles painted on them. That was hideous. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, one. my favorite incarnation of Sid, and it did not last long. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but when he had his like two month run in ECW when he wore the jeans. And he was just oh, yeah. he was just killing yeah, people. He was killing people in ECW. Chokes I remember he took John Cronus. I think it was his first night on, on, on the show. He was managed by Jeff Judge Jeff Jones. He he brings Sid out. Sid grabs Cronus with a choke slam, choke slams him over the top rope, and Cronus landed head first through a table on the outside. I was like, oh God. But he was just he was just a big killer, that dude. And you know, they could announce him as soon as probably SmackDown or or maybe like you said, they'll probably just save him for next for next year, which I wouldn't mind either. But um but yep, that's the Hall of Fame, and it leads us to the meat and potatoes, the main event, WrestleMania 38, night one and two. We're gonna go through the cards, give our predictions, and uh yeah, that that'll be that'll be pretty much it. So night one. This ain't in no particular order. I'm going to go by how they have it in Wikipedia. Um, Becky Lynch defends against Bianca Belair. How do we see that going? I see I see Belair winning. Yep. I agree with that. I think uh, I think this is the this is what SummerSlam what happened at SummerSlam yep. was for this moment build up this rivalry Build up Belair to be a, a mega star, beat Becky, and and has to be in like superb fashion. Yeah, convincing. Yeah, yeah, because you know Becky's at a point in her career where she doesn't need a title. Yep, she doesn't need the title at all. She's super entertaining, and to see her come after Bianca, I think will be more entertaining than seeing Bianca continue to get screwed over by Becky. Uh, so yeah, I see her winning. 
Now, does yeah, does Bianca beat her in two seconds like Becky did to her? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they'll do that to Becky. I think maybe they'll start off the match where she catches her with her finisher and like tries to pin her right away. Yeah, but but I don't see it. Like I can't see it end that way. Who you got, Sam? Yeah, I have Bianca Belair winning. Um, you have to try to make stars, like I said, the, the, other than Belair and Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And <laughs> who else do they have? Oh, Ronda Rousey. Okay. You know, and, and, and uh, the tall girl that you mentioned before. I forgot her name. Um, Rhea. Rhea. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. That's it. And, of course, they always have Natalia. So. <laughs> Oh. It's like you have six <laughs> wrestlers on the main roster oh my in two God. different shows that I can think of. I can't think of anybody else. You tell me the other people, I go, who? Yeah, you know? Sasha. Isn't Sasha one of the big... I thought she retired. I thought, I thought she was doing Mandalorian, you know? Like, oh, Sasha. <laughs> all right, we'll count her. We'll count her. That's seven. Well, I thought she was already going to Hollywood. Well, you know? ho- hopefully, hopefully, at that Raw after Mania, we could get Asuka to come back. We'll, we'll, and, or, or Bailey. For that matter, um, yeah, yeah. So second match on the docket, we got Ray and Dominic Mysterio against The Miz and Logan Paul. <laughs> All right, the celebrities never lose. <laughs> I think this time they lose. This is an L for the Mysterios. Yeah. <laughs> Usually WrestleMania is where all the the faces win. So they, you're right, though. There there has to be a, like two two villains that win. So or two or three, maybe depending on the on the show. So yeah, maybe this is one of those matches. I say the Mysterios win off of like a blunder from Logan Paul. The Miz gets in Logan Paul's face, and Logan Paul knocks him out. Oh, interesting. That's a good possibility. That's similar, that's similar, that's similar that's to like a Shawn Michaels, Mike Tyson kind of scenario. Um, <laughs> Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin. <laughs> okay, Drew. This is like I said earlier. This is just to keep Drew in, in, in you know in people's eyes, mm-hmm. so people could keep seeing that he's active, that he's still winning. Yep. Drew's totally. Yes. I agree. I Corbin. see Drew winning. I see Drew winning, but here's the thing. Do they end the streak of the end of days? Hell no. Okay. So then that means if he hits the end of days, that means if we see that moment and he hits the end of days and we don't think that the streak's going to end, uh, that means that uh, Madcap Moss will turn on him. Can he even catch his big ass in that move? <laughs> He's a big boy. Uh, I mean, Corbin I is... I think he hit him already with it. He I mean... him with it? Corbin is deceptively big, though. Yeah, Corbin's big. Corbin's a big dude. Corbin's, I think, like a... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that gimmick is just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) um, I love how uh, McAfee just calls him uh, bum-ass... I just call him (laughs) bum-ass Corbin. (laughs) And then on Fox, right on, on broadcast television, you're like, oh, he's able to say that? Bum ass Baron Corbin. Yeah, they, yeah, he's a clown. So uh up next we got the Usos against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the SmackDown tag team titles. Uh 
Usos. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think, I that's think a this match tells you who's going to win the main event on Sunday. Like if the Usos retain? Or would it be like a reverse psychology thing? Like the Usos win, then we think Roman's going to win, and then Brock wins? <laughs> I'm going for bloodline all the way. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think if they retain, I think the they increase the possibility. Well, but we'll get the, to that one. The, we'll the, the interesting about this card is the Usos are on night one, and Roman is on night two, which is interesting. I figured they'll have the full family on the same night. We have the new day, Kofi and Xavier versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch. <laughs> <laughs> with Butch. I think Kofi Kofi and uh, they have to win this yeah <laughs> especially after what happened to Big E yeah this has to be like redemption yep. not only that the fans Big E's starting to get recognized you know he's starting to become a bigger star than people thought you know they you know uh, they, they have to get around the goofiness and they, they bring Big E out even in the next break, then you just have to watch. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Biggie could could you know could recover from that injury because apparently, from what he said, the doctors said that type of injury you don't heal very well from that usually. But he has such a big neck that I'm, I'm like, <laughs> they said it could, it could cause either paralysis or death. The yeah. problem is is that it never it'll never be a hundred percent again. No, so what, no. What, I think what you're worried about is even after he's healed, even after he's, you know, quote unquote, a hundred percent, you know, taking bumps again. Yeah. That's just going to some wear and tear on that there. And you, you don't want to hit it the wrong way. Maybe even something as simple as just like a back bump and it's just boom. You know, yeah. just stops or something happens to that guy. That, that. It's just so sad because this is, I feel like this was his time. Like I, I know he already held the belt. Yeah. But I think that that was just like the warm up. I think this yeah. was going to be his his era. Like he, he really he, was going to do some something special. He definitely would have yeah, had another they, title. They already have him on the commercials and everything. Yeah. They, they, they they know how to commercialize him. They're able to. They couldn't do that with with Kofi, but they could do it with him. Yeah, because as, as, now, as good as Kofi is, he's kind of bland too. Not for nothing. Mm-hmm. Didn't the dude? Wasn't he like? Did the intro for like the boxing match? Yes, he's done yes. it already twice. Yes, like the dude is—he's got a voice. He does—he does the animation. He has an animation that kid that that was out. I think it might have been an Adult Swim. Yeah, but he—he was—he was busy, man. He was doing a lot of good things. Yeah, he and I for I I was one hundred percent sure he'll get another title reign down the road, but yeah, oh, it's, sure. it's going to be hard to come back from that. Freaking Ridge Hall. I mean, when you look at it, it was so unnecessary. Like, why go for a move like that on the floor? Like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, man. Like, we can't really be mad at it. It's just, you know, it's it was one a of those freak, freak accident. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I mean, he he didn't really use his legs to throw him up either. Yeah, he, he just threw him with his arms. I'm like, Biggie is such a big dude, and he's an athlete, so he tried to flip over, but... That was, a, that was a rough landing, man. So, oh. <laughs> so up next, the mystery of all mysteries. Everybody wants to believe 100% that Cody Rhodes is going to be Seth Rollins' opponent night one. 
We all know it's Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I hope it's not Shane McMahon. There's a. There's a I definitely. The, I, I didn't even think of that one, but I know oh, he's in Texas right now. Yeah, he's 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 here. Well, not here where I'm at, but yeah. he'll, he's there. Um. Uh, there's a few names that I saw rumored swirling around, and for God's sakes, please, no, don't don't mess this up, WWE. Please, I beg you. <laughs> I heard Shane. I heard Goldberg. I heard Gable Steveson, which if they want that kid to ever be a star in this company, don't do that <laughs> because you're going to send that guy out there when 100,000 people are chanting for Cody Rhodes. You're going to send out a guy who hasn't even had a match yet. Don't do it. He'll be the no, biggest. They're, they're not gonna, he's nope. not, he, he, I think he's doing something in the NCAA like they're uh, awarding him. It's got to be Cody. Yeah. It has to be Cody, but. You know who, if they I, mess up, you know who they're going to throw out there? Elias. And it's Cesaro. <laughs> who? Cesaro. Cesaro. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's that's my, that's what I was saying. I think they'll swerve people. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, the, the silhouette of, 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 of Seth's opponent does look like Cody. But then I said, hmm. I looked at the head again. I said, don't tell me it's Cesaro. <laughs> I feel like they always use that silhouette for everybody. I think even like the women's has that silhouette. <laughs> That's like the the vacant silhouette. Like the <laughs> now I, I created a whole scenario in my head because people at work that I work with for our fans were also talking about this and it was like, okay, what if Vince McMahon walks out there and he's like, All right, I have your opponent. Uh, and then he goes, it's this man. And then you hear, like, Elias's guitar, like the brown. And then all of a sudden, the crowd is just shitting all over it because everybody wants Cody. Then all of a sudden, you hear Shane McMahon's music. He comes out, but he's not in his jersey and sneakers. Well, he always wears sneakers for everything. He's not in his jersey. He's in a suit. Now, because remember, to all of us, Shane McMahon was fired from this company, okay? Or, or let's just say put on sabbatical because he's never going to get fired from that company. He comes out and he goes, Vince, as usual at WrestleMania, I am here to overstage you and outperform you. I have an opponent for Seth Rollins. Just like me, he's a second-generation guy in this business. He was here before. He made a big name for himself outside. It's Cody Rhodes, and then Cody comes out, you know. But uh, I really hope they don't mess this up. <laughs> no, I, I think I think something I think something even better. Um, not even better because that's a good thing what you did or uh, what you said. But I think what they'll do is they'll announce like Shane McMahon coming out, and then uh, Triple H, who just announced his retirement, comes out. Ah. His song hits, and he's like, no. No, no, I have somebody. You, you're going to have to sit down. And then he announces Cody. Yeah. Because remember, Cody hit the, the throne. Yeah. Triple H. For Triple H to bring in Cody, that, that would that's be. In, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, a big screw you to AEW. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would then set it off. That would be the first. I, like I said, like I, I texted you earlier this week, I think AEW made a big mistake letting him go. <clears throat> He's well, AEW. He's Jim, Jim Cornette brought AEW. up a good point as well about WWE signing Cody. 
Cody was an executive vice president of AEW. He knows when all their big contracts are coming up. And he can let these guys know who to talk to and when to talk to them so it don't look like tampering. You know what I mean? So he could tell them, yo, you want MJF? His contract is up on this particular day. Call him at midnight. Yo, you want Brian Cage? His contract is up at this time. Call him at this time. They made a Did huge you hear a recent a recent <laughs> interview with uh with uh, MJF. Kind of like it was with uh Helwani, right? Ariel Helwani. Yeah, and he's kind of they asked him about the whole Cody thing, and it kind of seemed like he was like, like yeah, you know, you know, kind of he, he broke out of the character, went back into the character, and he kind of hinted at like, yeah, you know, I'll go over there. <laughs> One of those like, <laughs> yeah, but not to to say anything, but like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, like that sounds like some like a man who's going who still has that open relationship, which you know they, they you know they have a relationship, but has that open relationship to the point that he's gonna follow. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing: everybody is harping on who the opponent is. What if Rollins wins this match? <laughs> but my thing is, is, what do we do? Like, what was the purpose of hiring Cody? Was it just tactical to be like we took out we took back one of AEW's main guys or was it to really try to make him a star now in WWE because outside of this mania match I don't really see him doing anything yeah he's going right back to the mid card he's not going to win a world title he's not going to be a big star I'm sorry he's just not he's he's just going to go right back to where he was when he left can you imagine I, if Stardust? I think they comes like up? him more than, than than what you think. I think I think there is a fondness. His father was there. They want him to write. They definitely want his skills to write, um, and, and and be part of that creative team. I think they do want him for that, just like they had his father. I really think there's a purpose because remember, if they look at Cody as theirs, just like John Hennigan was theirs, and don't, I, I don't, I still don't understand why he got released. But I think that it was wife, really. He was but, on that. He was on that Bloodsport pay per view today. Yeah, yeah, and he was supposed to fight on that. Um, but the whole thing is, Cody was really a, a creation of WWE through that whole. Um, yeah, he that was whole in, legacy that was, was supposed to be Dibiase, Orton, him. They were supposed to then become the next evolution. You know. That they had big plans, like they would develop them over time and create them into the next. Um, I don't think I don't think they really, you know, people might think, oh, they had no plans because of what happened with the Stardust thing, which was disrespectful to him. Um, but I think they've gotten over that. I think Cody's recreated himself, sort of like how uh, 3MB all of a sudden, you know, this guy was 3MB, now he's badass, you know, and they made him world champion. I think they I think they have a plan for him. And I think I don't see him beating Brock Lesnar for a title, but I could see him surprising uh Roman Reigns for the title. Well, one 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 thing one thing I noticed is they kind of challenged Cody cuz when Cody got released 6 or 7 years ago, he threw it out there, I'm going to make myself be Come a big star outside of your house and I'm gonna make myself into a big deal and I feel like Cody 
succeeded in that. I mean, not to say yeah. he's like, you know, a five-star mega star, like a Hall of Fame caliber, whatever. But he did make himself into a big star outside of WWE, which a lot of guys can't do. How though? How though? Was it as a wrestler or was it because he started a company? Both. A little bit and of I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Yeah. I don't think match I don't think his matches were that I don't think they were that exciting. Like I don't think people were like tuning into AEW to see Cody Rhodes. Uh, I, I I was. I was that was one of the few matches I would watch. I see Cody going back to WWE, being sent to two point and becoming the new William Regal. Hmm. He wants to run a company, have him run NXT two point I don't I don't let know. him do in on NXT two point or just 2.0, whatever they want to call it, what he originally wanted to do with AW, but can't because the Young Bucks had their own idea because Kenny Omega has his own idea. And Tony Khan. Tony Khan has his own idea because that's, you know, also his. So, all right, teach. Because what he wants to do with AW is pretty much what they're doing with NXT. Stars, but ring psychology, where AEW's is all like spot that. Mm. And also, he he kind of got into the reality TV stuff, which WWE loves. They WWE loves them some reality TV. He had that show with his wife, which I honestly don't know how successful it was, but he was also on that game show, that the, the Go Big Show, whatever that thing was called. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he showed that he could be a host of a show or at least a co-host of a show. And he showed that he could be entertaining outside of the wrestling ring, which WWE loves to utilize. So he showed them being outside of WWE that he can do something with himself. And obviously that was with the help of Tony Khan too, because getting multiple shows on TNT, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a mix with, you know, the comp- the company and them doing contracts with each other and stuff. <sighs> I think I-, I think Cody was is well well look at me, I can't even speak. Cody is well rounded. And I'm gonna show I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why. When he went on the indie scenes, I remember saying, uh, whatever, because he had that, that he released that list. That right? list of he was waiting the three months of, of companies. He had that and, list, right? com- companies and guys he wants to fight and, and promotions. Yeah. Like PWG so like, eh. and New Japan and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, eh, eh, all right. But when he got out there, he actually drew the attention. So I think it was Impact he came out first. I remember that, right? And that was short-lived, right? That, that was short. But then he goes, it was what? Sorry. Yeah, that was definitely a short short run. Yeah, it was short-lived. So I was like, eh, whatever. I didn't expect much. But when he went to Ring of Honor and he started that ring thing and that whole gimmick, he actually elevated his skill set. And so what happened was, like you said, everyone wants to do a spot fest on the indies, right? He started wrestling. He started doing mind, like wrestling psychology. He started doing that. And he started drawing the attention to the point that immediately he started getting into the main event scene at ROH. That's when ROH, before AEW, ROH was hot. And they had that talent. They had what's now essentially AEW's uh right and and he was doing that then he was going to japan and doing that whole thing with the with the whole uh what was it the united states title or whatever it was yeah and 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 that happened and you get better when you go to japan let's let's be real because they have a whole like realness to it they pride themselves on that whole sort of like mlw why mlw works but isn't 
I, I just don't understand how it's just not nationally televised yet. But he had that. Once he did that, he started coming out on like um, Final Battle, and he and he did all those matches that he that he came out in uh, uh, ROH as the as the ROH champion. He was over. He was making money. He was he added himself. He was doing something that couldn't be done in for a long time, which is now you get paid money in wrestling. Back then, you had to make money, and he was making a million dollars just being him and doing the, the hustle that he did. He was getting more money than he was getting in WWE. He came out. Then he, he started making partnerships. He then does that magnificent match that he did um, with All Out, with All In, right? With the All In, he did the show for All In, which was creative and mind-blowing already at that point. He got that 10,000-seat venue. People were All In on that. Has a great match for the NWA title. Has a great match. Has a rematch that's just as good, probably a little bit better, actually, because he got the, the bigger pop at All In, but the match at the NWA 70, that was even better, and how they brawled around the whole arena and took it back to how TNA used to be, how um, it was just, it, it just had elements of things that you were like, wow, this is good, and I never thought about that. Like, he takes the soda, he throws him with soda, drinks it, then hits him with the cup, you know? <laughs> like, so... He's doing things. He's thinking. He knew about camera angles. He knew where to be for the camera angles. He was already doing things that he learned at WWE, enhancing them, um, which helped AEW when AEW started because he was able to also, with the connects he had, pulling people who were the cinematography guys and the video guys for WWE, brought them into AEW. That's why the production value is so good at AEW. Um, so he was able to do all of this, and he then creates AEW because, you know, Khan calls him over. He does, he sees the production value that he knows how to do it. He knows the right people, and they create AEW. Even from you know, he was the one. I remember when he he got MJF. People were like, oh, why is he getting MJF to be AEW? Which now in turn is one of the most brilliant moves he made. You know, yeah. And he made a lot of them, but people were criticizing. Oh, that's what that's what whatever pick. And I was like, uh, I think I think that's something more. I, I, everyone's missing. What, what MJF can do on the indie scenes back then, I, I got some glimpses of him in MLW, and I was like, oh, I like this dynasty thing. So now he's showing in AEW, he ended up showing like what he can do wrestling wise, and like that match, he carried he carried Warlow in that match. You know, he had that great match with Dustin. Yeah, I get it. That's his brother, so he's gonna know how to do it. But most of his matches on those first pay-per-views, especially the first year and a half or even two years of, of AEW, when Cody fought in the matches, those were kind of the best match of the night. They probably had one other good match or two other good matches. But they would have like 10 matches and you would have some... Just look at the, just look at the opening match of, of the uh, Double or Nothing where you had that, that battle royal and you, had, you just had a weird collection of people. And I was like, what the hell is that? A guy with no limbs and a guy, and then uh, Marco Stunt, who looks like he's 4'11". And he just had Cody, Cody was able to do things in his matches and elevate his matches to a level where there were pay-per-view quality, you know? And that's why I think Cody has an understanding of wrestling, how to do it, how to do ring psychology, and how to promote. And you're taking that away from AEW, now you're bringing that to WWE. So you're bringing a promoter, you're bringing a creative guy. So I think Vince would be more willing to listen to him than he would to some of the other wrestlers. 
And now you got a guy physically who is going to look like and wrestle like the guy who he's going to wrestle, which is Seth Rollins. So I want to see how that plays out. That match could be uh, the, the sleeper pick of night one to me. Yeah, it could definitely be a show stealer. Uh, it's just very interesting to see how they would book Cody going forward. Like, like, like Hector said earlier, it's like after the nostalgia is gone, like weekly are, are, is everybody still going to be super excited to see Cody Rhodes? It, it remains to be seen and it depends how they book them. Because if within six or seven months or let's say even a year, if they put him back in that Stardust gimmick, it's like okay, they they really gave up on this guy <laughs> for a second time. No, I don't think you know he I mean? does Stardust again. I don't. I don't think he does that. I if he does that, that, it's by his own accord. Yeah, I think he'll be American Nightmare. I think they'll let him keep the American Nightmare. I'll even keep let him keep the same outfit that he he wears. Yeah. Um, but I just. Yeah, I just honestly look. Even in AEW, the company he helped build, they were booing him out the building. They turned on like, him. The fans turned on them. Yeah, turned on. They're gonna regret that. They're gonna regret that. I really, I really think so. It's, I think they're gonna regret that. And WWE has a better concept of because these are the problem with AEW that I have, where it's like the fans think they own AEW. Like this is what we want. Sometimes you have to let it play out when you're watching a show. I I watch a show when I used to watch Breaking Bad. I wanted certain characters to do something, but I don't, it's, I'm watching the show. You know, I, I can't come out and be like, oh no, this is what I want and this is what's going to make me watch it. To a certain degree, we have to be willing to trust the storyline. Um, yeah, WWE has a lot of sucky storylines. Just like WWE, WCW used to do a lot of horrible gimmicks. You know what I mean? But sometimes, you know, they might be able to do things that, that you have to allow them. You can't, you know, I get that the crowd, you have to satisfy the crowd to a certain degree, but, you know, I think, I think AEW is going to regret it because AEW never put that title on Cody. And I think McMahon's going to put the title on, on, on Cody as a big, ah, see what you couldn't do and look what I did. You know, who else, is, who else can get the title in WWE? Rock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, maybe somebody else. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Then after that, who else? You know, they're gonna give this the belt. Right. They're gonna give the belt to almost. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is definitely gonna be very an intriguing situation. Seeing how they're gonna book Cody Rhodes going forward for sure. Hopefully, please wrestling gods, please don't let them mess it up and not be Cody Rhodes because oh my god. And 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 I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be in in the stadium in Dallas, Texas. And who knows if 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 Shane McMahon is the opponent, or if Elias or Goldberg or whoever else is the opponent. I'm pretty sure whoever's there at, that late on the card might just leave. <laughs> so so yeah. So with, after that, we have Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Title. Charlotte. That's it, just Charlotte. I'll probably be tuned out by then. I'll probably be, turn off the television. So, that's uh, that's yeah. going to be like hour four and a half at that point. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably tune off. That Ronda point. was just Ronda's just a name that they brought back just to, to you know to spice up the card. 
So you hear Rhonda, you're gonna tune in, but it's Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's the she's the, the real champ. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I Ronda Rousey is painfully obvious. She does not like being a professional wrestler. <laughs> she likes the idea of it, but she doesn't like the grind, the travel, the fan reaction. She doesn't like any of that. So it's like, like I said, I feel like she likes the idea of being a pro wrestler. She just doesn't like being a pro wrestler. <laughs> but um, I think she's going to be like a, like a Brock Lesnar type for the women. That's what they're going to do with her. Which is dope. I think they could. She in an interview she said what she enjoys more is like the live shows. Yeah. Brock is half retired, you know. So. Well, I, ironically, I feel like Brock is having the time of his life right now. <laughs> yeah. He, he was interviewed recently, and he said once he retired, he was with from he was on the Yes Network, and he, he was talking to uh, Rosenberg. He said, I'm, "I'm retired, and once I retired, Leslie became more fun to me." Yeah. You know. So so. I think that's what Ronda Rousey is going to be. But you know what's another thing? What was interesting when um, Vince McMahon um, made the match for Seth, he said, you're, you know, Seth is a main event guy for WrestleMania, so you're uh, one of the main events. You're a main event. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Cody, quote-unquote, if it's Cody, Seth Rollins' match is the main event of the night after um, Ronda Rousey and... Uh, and what's her face? Um, and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. I, I, I'm going. I'm going with Charlotte for sure. And to end off night one, the KO show with an appearance from the legendary. And I cannot wait to feel this pop when that glass shatters live and in person. Damn, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, we obviously know this isn't going to be a match per se, but when does the brawl start? After the first couple of words or? <laughs> what? I think they give us five minutes of wrestling, like a Goldberg type, type match. Oh, so you think they actually wrestle? I think they wrestle. I think the Goldberg style. I think this is going to be Steve's uh, last, last match. And I think they, they go for it. I think they give each other stunners. <laughs> and I think he's not going to take too lightly to it. Like, oh, you want to do my move on me? Boom. He's going to come out. He's going to probably no sell it or something or, or or roll out the ring and they pull outside the ring and then he hits him with that big stunner and everyone leaves the house happy like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I haven't seen Stone Cold Steve Austin live since 1997, so this is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward. It's yeah. definitely going to be entertaining. You got two guys who are uh, fantastic on the microphone. Yeah, you got Kevin Owens can make anybody look good. So I think this is a perfect matchup for Austin. Uh, not because Austin can't have a good match, but because it's, you know he's been out of the ring for so many years. Yeah, he's you know the age that he is right now, and he's got a shit ton of injuries that he's probably still wakes up feeling. Yeah. So he, he has been working out in his house though. And I saw, I don't know exactly who he was being interviewed with, but I saw an interview recently where he's been running around. He's been taking some, you know, some bumps just to, you know, get that feeling back in there. So it, it may, may be a match. 
either that or it might just be a brawl that, you know, he would take a couple bumps here and there just to, you know, give KO or some, because he likes KO. Yeah, yeah. So he might, might want to yeah. make him look good too, but Austin definitely going to get the upper hand on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that, that's not even a dispute because he's home. Dallas, he's, home. he's in he's in Texas, bro. That's going to be. Yeah, the pop is going to be insane. Sick. Once that glass shatters, forget about it. Uh, oh, it's going to be crazy. Then, I'm going to be screaming here in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> then that leads to night two. Another seven matches. <laughs> we got. I took stacked on Queen Zelina and Carmella defending the women's tag team championships against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and Shayna Baszler and Natalia. Well, I already told you earlier who I think is winning. Maybe not, but that's what I'm going with. Rhea and Liv. I, I would. I, think, I, I like that. I like that. I think um, Sasha Banks and uh, Naomi. Naomi win it. Dude, I'm so, I'm so tired of Sasha Banks. I, I'm literally <laughs> I think I think they win it, but not for the purpose of, oh, they win it like the usual. I think they win it because they're going to feud later when they lose it. But that's and the that's, thing with that's Sasha the Banks. usual. That's the usual Sasha Banks. She Turn on her partner. But three months, then she turns on him. What if the other the other girl turns? What if Naomi turns and they make a badass, and then they put her in the with, with her husband, it'll which be, I don't want to see. It'll but, be something different, but I mean, Naomi's another one that's been around for about a decade plus, and they they tried to have her turn heel maybe eight, maybe six, seven years ago, and she made that team bad. Ironically, they brought in Sasha Banks. To, to be with them It was her Tamina Who's That's another one That needs to just go away And uh, <laughs> And Sasha And you know So who knows I mean I think Naomi's A genuinely Nice girl And she can't even Portray a bad guy You know that, That's <laughs> But um But yeah I agree I, I agree with Ghost I'm gonna go with Rhea and Liv Because it's a newer team They look good together You know I love Liv Morgan So You know That, that You know different reasons but 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 besides the point I, I feel like they they'll look good with the tag team titles our second of three celebrity matches in wrestlemania sammy Zayn and an anything goes match with johnny knoxville so you know i, I always say celebrities win so i see johnny knoxville Doing something, but how? <laughs> but how he's gonna win? That's that's what you know, I'm interested you, in. You know how how he's gonna win? The rest of the jackass guys are yes. gonna come out. <laughs> totally gonna help him win. Steve-O's gonna come out. All these guys are gonna come out. Wee man, Preston Lacey, all the guys. I mean, <laughs> dude, all these guys, they're gonna do like some Home Alone shit, but they're just gonna like be trapped in the ring. Now, who's and, been out for a while though? Who? What wrestler has been out for a while? Like other than Xavier Woods, um, who's been out that we haven't seen in a while? That would be a factor in this match. Well, then we would have yeah. to consider who's a friend of Sami Zayn. Or, or you can't use KO. No, you can't use KO. No, he's out of it. So, are you saying to like help Sami win, or that would be the difference maker to help? Uh, Help Johnny Knoxville win. Help Johnny Knoxville win. Who hates yeah. Sami Zayn? Well, everybody. Uh, everybody. <laughs> Wait, this, 
Sammy, Sammy doesn't have a title, does he? No, he no. lost the Intercontinental title to Ricochet, who's not wrestling on the pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, that's, that's an interesting way to bring in Ricochet into the pay-per-view. Yeah, just to bring that back up with him and Sammy, because they should have a, a, a little ongoing feud. Yeah, because it was Knoxville who cost Sammy the Intercontinental title to get on Ricochet in the first place. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. We're gonna bring Ricochet back in. He's gonna help Johnny Knoxville win, and then that's how you segue back into that. He'll hit him with like a six thirty through a table that's like under some like some sort of paraphernalia from the Jackass crew. Probably a fake, crazy a fake, a just fake turd or something. <laughs> he'll put, he'll, he'll let Johnny lay on him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it. It should be a fun match. Now, something like this, should this be like one of those cinematic matches or should it be live? <laughs> it should just be live, right? Oh, let it be live. Yeah, let it be chaotic. Yeah. Exactly. Live, but you know what? That's not a terrible idea for a jackass match. Yeah. To have this cinematic. That would have been great for that, but being that it's, you know, that, that we got crowds again, it's yeah. gotta be live. Yeah. You know, they could do like when... um. Goldust and um, Ryan yeah. Piper had that match. Started out like that. Yes. Yeah. I, I seriously thought you were going to say Bray and Orton. And I was going <laughs> to <get> so mad. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was awesome. Like, they, they had the cinematic fight outside. And then it slowly leaked into them going into the ring, which probably that whole time they were just chilling and catering that whole time. So, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. Um, so, that right. Was- Funny that match like goes on the whole night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like opens up, opens up night two, and like right before the main event, <laughs> <laughs> they end up in the ring. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be funny. That that's exactly what happened with Goldust and, and Piper. I think it was. Uh, yeah, if I remember the placement of that match, um, it was like number two, and then it came out all the way before. Uh, Brett and Sean before the Iron Man match. So, yeah, that's exactly how it was. Um, Then the f- match right after that that they have is the third celebrity match of the night, which will probably be kind of a sleeper match for that night. Austin Theory and Pat McAfee. Yes, I really think it's a sleeper match. I really, really think. I think that match is going to make people go. Like last year, Hennigan uh, Morrison made Bad Bunny. Uh, Bad Bunny look amazing. Yeah, Morrison. I, that's why I still don't understand why. Because Morrison came home and Morrison was doing great things. I really think it had to do with the releasing of his wife. So he said, eh, "I want to go too," but he made Bad Bunny look like the star that they brought back. Bad, Bad Bunny for wrestle uh, for a Rumble. Yeah, it didn't work the same because he didn't have Morrison with him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Austin Theory is is the future of this company, or at least one of the future of this company. He's he. Does he you lose know, though? That's a good question. I no, think he's not no. Lose. Honestly, I think I think Theory wins. To be honest with you, um, no, Theory wins. There's no need for Pat to win. No, not at all. Pat is going to go back to being you know the uh-huh. announcer. Um, Pat is going to put on a good show. Obviously, we've seen him put on a good show with Adam Cole and and in the War Games match and stuff like that. But I see. Uh, that's going to be another him versus Adam Cole match. That's that's what I see in this match. That's exactly what I see. Yeah. I I think 
the audience that saw him fight in NXT is the audience, you know, we know like, oh, he can do it. But he's going to blow the minds of people because that audience is much smaller than who sees the main roster. Yeah. So who's going to see WrestleMania is going to go, this guy, he's the announcer? Yeah. He's a football guy? So they don't even understand what they're going to see. Yeah. You know, you're going to be there. You're going to be in the stands. You're going to see it. You're going to expect, you're going to be, this is probably the sleeper. There's going to probably be people next to you that are going to go, what the hell? The announcer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing, though. Austin Theory is good, but can he put on a match like Adam Cole can? Well, I kind of think that um, McAfee is underrated. And I think McAfee, don't hold me to this, but McAfee might walk him through it. (laughs) Because in that Adam Cole match, I thought Adam Cole was walking him through it, but he wasn't. I believe the same thing. I think that Pat has watched so much wrestling that he kind of knows instinctively how to do this. And he's now been announcing for so long that he knows what it's like to hold a match. Yeah. And he might just tell him, like, let's slow this down. Because we got to remember, as good as Theory is, he's only 23, 24 years old. A young boy. You know, he's still a pup in yeah. this game. You know, so. Question. Do we see Pat do a Panama Sunrise? Oh, God, that will be awesome. Yes. Probably. I think we can. If, yes. Dude, to, so, because you know how much he hates Cole. So <laughs> if he was to do that, and you know, he, that's going to be all theory. Imagine, be amazing he, imagine he does Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> do it. Oh, I want to see him do that, too. <laughs> That would you know, be Adam great. Cole, they had big, they had big, big things for him in WWE. He decided Dude, to, to, they didn't push him out. The Pat McAfee baby assigned. <laughs> <laughs> McAfee baby, <laughs> yo, I will, <laughs> I will die laughing if he does that. <laughs> if somebody should tweet him. Somebody should tweet him right now to do that. I, I might when I get off of this. I'm about to tweet him myself. Yo, <laughs> tweet him, bro. Send a tweet on his IG. Hit him up. <laughs> I'm gonna make a hashtag. <laughs> Pat yeah. McAfee, baby. <laughs> you, have to. you have to. Oh shoot! Then That's after that, we have good. the Raw Tag Team Championship: RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. This is for the Alpha Academy. Oh. Mm. I think RK Bro is amazing, but. I don't think that they necessarily need the titles. They could be entertaining without the titles. I think if they lose it, going after the titles again will be just as entertaining. Um, But I think Alpha Academy has been showing that they could hold their own. They've been getting better on the mic. They've been getting the push. I think you can't can't wait much longer. People are going to get tired of them, but at least if you put the title on them, you know, people will be like, well, they're the champs, so let, let's give them a, a, a chance. And then just have them, you know, rival RK Bro for a little while longer. But I think this is, if you're going to put the belts on them at any point, it has to be now. Do the do the Street Profits go heel after this? Um, it, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think it's time for the Street Profits to break up. Oh, Okay. Because we all know there's a Shawn Michaels on this team. Montez. 
and we all know that he, <laughs> by theory, is the future yep. of the WWE. Yep. The dude has it all. He has the athleticism. He has the charisma. Well, the dude is marketable. Speaking, you know, we mentioned Shad Gaspard earlier, but, uh, you know, I, I mentioned his partner, but I failed to mention who they were. You know, Crime Time at one point was a very popular tag team. And a lot of people kind of thought JTG was the Shawn Michaels of that team. And when they broke them up, they got rid of both of them within a few months. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really don't think that that'll happen here. Yeah, Montez I, I, Ford is, you, is way too way too talented. You, yeah, yeah. You can see it, man. You can see it be from the interviews to the entrance to just everything he does is marketable. Everything he does. Yeah. You know, it, this frog splash is just as, as you know, uh, jaw dropping as RVD's five yeah. star. I think he gets higher. <laughs> I think he gets. Yeah, higher. he might be even higher. The impact might be better on RVD. Yeah, yeah. Because the way he used to like bounce back up and sell it. Yeah. But the the dude is awesome, bro. The dude. It's time to give this guy a, a solo run. I'll tell you this: they break those guys up. Angelo Dawkins is on AEW Dark by next year. Yeah, that, that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. But unless he, he unless they morph him into private party. <laughs> well, it's they funny because into private party when they first came out, I was like, "Oh, damn!" Because I, uh, Ghost, could tell you because we saw private party four years ago in in House of Glory, and I was like, when these street profits came out, I was like, "Did they bite off a freaking private party?" I, I kind of thought they did. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, I got a, I have a photograph of Private Party, and they look like fucking babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially Isaiah Cassidy. That that dude yeah. is a baby face, bro. His he looks like he's fifteen years old. <laughs> very talented, very talented young guys though. But um, but yeah, Angel. Out of those two, they split up. Angelo Dawkins is gone in six, seven months. Uh, that that's just. You know, what are they going to do with that guy? And Angelo Dawkins is not even that big of a guy. He's just bigger than Montez. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, next to Drew McIntyre, he'll make he'll make Angelo Dawkins look like a cruiserweight. You know, so, uh, yeah, he's not that big of a dude. But and you never know. They might just be able to team him up with somebody else, and that yeah. might work. And pick, yeah. Like they did with the Alpha Academy. Yeah. Yeah, because they got rid of Tucker, and they kept Otis – who was very entertaining on his own doing like the Mandy Rose stuff and, you know, doing the worm for his big ass and all that. But then they put him with, with Gable and he's just a killer. Now he's just a big killer. Um, so, uh, hold on. I got a quick thing here. My Skype dropped. All right. I'm gonna try to get Sammy back on real quick. Cause apparently he went bye-bye. Hold on. Um, Oh yeah, I just saw the text. See, uh, hoping my iPad doesn't die. Yeah. Let's see where is he at? Boom, boom. All right, it looks like it's calling him back. So, get right on to it. After that, we have a match that I think you back on. Oh no, it says he's unavailable. Well, well, we'll try to get him back on, and if not, then you know. We'll just keep rolling on. We only got like three more matches left. 
We have Edge and AJ Styles, which I think is talk about show stealing. <laughs> this can go either way. This is one of these matches that I don't really care who wins. Um, yeah, because I, I, either way, it's going to be a great match. Yeah, what do you think of Edge's uh, like I call it mid like midlife crisis heel turn? <laughs> It is very much reminiscent of the Monday Night Messiah. So, um, I'm not saying he stole that from Seth, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's very similar. That's all I'm saying. Well, he feuded um, with him for like six to eight months, so he probably took something from his from Seth's character. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a lot of respect for Edge. I'm not an Edge fan because I was a Hardy Boys fan, and yeah. I hated. Um, but no, but I have mad respect for Edge. Uh, yeah, the dude can go. The dude's amazing. Um, AJ Styles, no pun intended, but he is phenomenal. So, like, this match, yep. I, don't, I don't really care who wins. It's going to be a great match. Yep, and I see Sammy's back on. You there, Sammy? Yes, I'm here. All right. I'm here. All right. So, we, we just previewed the Edge-AJ Styles match. What do you think about that one? I think AJ wins. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're going to continue the storyline after that. Um, if Edge wins, I believe that they go with the storyline and they move on to, to, to SummerSlam. Yeah. Probably a match in between and then SummerSlam, they'll, they'll probably uh, end it up. That's, that's if Edge wins. Then that means they want to roll it that way. But Edge is like Brock Lesnar, a part-time wrestler, so... Maybe they can. I end, wonder if, if that's what they're gonna do. Maybe they can end it in a TLC match. That'll be dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys do you guys see Edge ever being in the title picture again? I don't think he wants to win. I don't think. Uh, not I as, think what not, happened with, with Roman Reigns, yeah, kind of said it all. Well, I think as a heel, as long as Reigns is the champ, Edge ain't gonna go no, nowhere near that belt. But if uh, like a babyface gets it, I can see a heel. Kill Edge going after the belt again. I got my theories on Roman Reigns right now. Yeah, waiting for that one. <laughs> well, yeah. bef- before the main event, the 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 title versus title winner take all unification bout. We have a match that was just put together on Monday Night Raw. We have Omos against the newly uh, returned Bobby Lashley. That was a good match to put together. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Is it premature? It might be. Is Omos ready for that spotlight? Uh, No. (laughs) No. Omos Omos is big. Um, (laughs) Omos is big. (laughs) Now, the question is, is Omos more great Kali or Big Daddy Cool Diesel? Definitely, he can be. Potential to be more like Big Daddy Cool Diesel. I think he moves really well for a big guy. I think there's some, there's definitely some charisma there, even though he doesn't much say much. Yeah. And I but feel he like he speaks, he speaks in different languages when he yells. It's like, <laughs> it's like he starts off in English and then he goes off on the uh, off the rails and you don't know what he's saying. Yeah, I think if he just starts just 
talking regular and not trying to sound like a big giant monster. Yeah. He'll come off cooler and I think it'll work out better for him. What if? Uh, yeah. I what but if? I guess Bobby Lashley, I'm a big, listen, I remember before Lashley became champ. Yeah. I was guys on this program. Lashley needs the Brock Lesnar treatment. Yep. Lashley is the, the champ. They need to push him and it, you know, he didn't become a Heyman guy, but he became an MVP guy. Yep. And MVP worked wonders with that man. So having Omar go against Lashley, I don't know, because I'm still a huge Lashley fan. Yeah. The only thing yeah. is, is that Lashley won't be able to do yeah. half of what he does <laughs> for the other guy. So Omar is not going to happen. So this is going to be interesting. This is actually be interesting for both of them, really. What can Lashley do with a guy who's bigger than him? And what can Omas do with someone who isn't as small as the guys he's used to fighting? Yeah. I think Omas wins with an MVP turn on Lashley. <gasps> How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said it yourself. Omas can't really talk at the moment. He needs oh, okay. a he needs a talker, and who okay. better who better right now for a guy like that than MVP? Yeah, so we're just gonna Paul Heyman him like all the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're just gonna recycle the whole Roman Reigns profit. That's the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's very WWE. <laughs> it is very. Yeah, yeah, nice. Or that, that or that, that's a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Or a shot in the dark and just if they want to make a new Hurt business after this match, have Bobby and Omas come together. Not as like a body, not like it'll be a different dynamic than Omas being AJ Styles bodyguard. Like Bobby Lashley don't need no bodyguard. You know what I mean? Maybe they get some sort of mutual respect for each other and MVP makes a deal to bring them together. Who knows? But that's a good theory. That's a good theory. I, I here's here's my here's my fear. I think Lashley wins. I think they're gonna kill the Omas run. I think they use this to catapult Lashley back, and uh, either he's gonna face Brock again. How does Lashley? How does ring. how does Lashley win? Uh, like a spear, or I don't think spear. he's gonna get that guy in a full Nelson. Oh, he, he, he can't. <laughs> I don't know. He's not gonna make it that up that high. I don't think he gets. To him for the full Nelson, um, it's gonna have to be a spear. It's gonna have to be a spear if anything. Yeah, that, I mean the guy is just so freaking massive. I, I don't. He's a freaking tree. He's huge. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. I don't see him as like a giant Gonzalez type, but like like Ghost said, he can move. You know what I mean, he got some good power moves and stuff. So. You know, and working. With I don't a- think it's going to be a five-minute match, though. No, nah. I don't think that. I think maybe they're gonna get good- to fifteen minutes out of it. Yeah, and I think working with AJ Styles for a year, some of that had to have rubbed up, rubbed off on him. So you know, mm-hmm. it, it'll. I think he's going to be all right. Then here it is, the main event of night two of all of WrestleMania, title for title, as and as far as I can remember. The only other Mania title for title wasn't it like Hogan and Warrior, or was there another yeah. one? Be- another one in yep. between. I don't yep. think so. So title for title, 
Lesnar, WWE champion, Universal champion Roman Reigns with Paul Lee. So I think it may be unanimous because I'm going for Roman as well. <laughs> my my theory is Roman wins. He should win. I think he needs to be the dominating champ. I need the guy who has beat everybody. Yep. And like that's it. Like I've mastered this. Like I'm legit the head of the table. We already know next year, Mania's in Hollywood. This is the greatest opportunity to have The Rock show up. Yep. And yep. this is when The Rock is like, head of the table? Excuse me? You're the head of what table? Not, my, not of my family. <laughs> yeah, but that's hard, though, because I, I like your theory, but you're going to have that for a whole year? No. Well, listen, The Rock's done it before. Yeah, with Cena. Yeah. He did it with Cena. And he just has to show up here and there and, you know, talk his trash. And, and Roman's still going to dominate. Yeah. Because you're still going to give him another another year of the title? Do you, you think – how many years he's had already? Two, right? Going on two. two? Years? Well, he, he made his – he beat, he beat Bray for the belt. When was that? They Well, they said he's had the belt for about 500-something days, right? So you figure so a, two two years is six. So that's about two years. Yeah, almost two years. Almost yeah. Two years. yeah. So you figure another that's, that's another, another, be another, another a, half a year, a, a three almost three year reign. We haven't seen that since the Hogan era. But the thing is, Rock ain't getting that belt either, though. So what is going to lean into four years that Reigns has the title? <laughs> so, uh, so maybe we just maybe we just don't wait till Mania. Maybe they fight sooner and then. A rematch at Mania. Yeah, maybe a match at SummerSlam. But the thing is, it's like everybody has been saying Hollywood is the place for The Rock. Like, ah, I don't. <laughs> but who would you who would you have him fight unless you have him fight Roman? Because right now there's no one. Drew McIntyre. He's, he has a fought Drew. Uh, um, who has a fought Drew? The Rock. Uh, Roman Reigns. Oh, he has a fought Drew. Yeah, they, they they had a WrestleMania match like two years ago, I think. Like when Roman came back from leukemia, I think. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it, not since he's been the champion. Yeah, that that was that was healed Drew McIntyre that was still like hanging around with Dolph Ziggler. That wasn't like McIntyre that we have now, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's tough though because we gotta look down the line. You have to give him Cody and and McIntyre if Cody's around. Braun, two, but if Cody's gonna be on Raw, Braun Breaker then that takes that away too. All right, well, you know what? <laughs> Braun Breaker, yeah. Braun Breaker. Is losing the titles. You have Randy Orton go after the title. Well, you remember also yeah. Riddle Riddle was scheduled to. to win the Royal Rumble. I remember they they had big plans for Riddle before the Brock Lesnar thing came around. They changed that on the fly. The rumor going around was Matt Riddle was going to win the Royal Rumble, which is an interesting pick at the time. I, I, I don't know if I could picture Riddle in the main event of a, of a mania, maybe not, maybe down the road, but I didn't think he was that big yet. You know, probably coming well, out of coming out of RK, bro, he'll probably be much bigger. But I think that I think that all had to do with the fact that they wanted Riddle to go against Randy. Yes, and I'm surprised that that's not happening this year. 
Well, maybe, maybe uh, once they lose the titles, maybe yeah. I could start the the breakup of the group. Yeah. Uh, even though Randy, I keep hearing in interviews, he's having a great time being yeah. partnered up with Roberto. He seems to be yeah. having the time of his life right now. So that would suck for that in that aspect, but, or maybe they could just part ways to still be together. Sort of like, uh, yeah. uh, uh what do you call New day kind of situation. Yeah. They still support each other. Be like, yeah, bro, I would like a singles title, bro. And they're like, all right, we'll do your thing. And then, like you said, they'll get an occasional tag match here or there. Now, yeah, but where, I, I, I would like to see Orton versus Roman. Yeah. I mean, Orton, uh, Orton can work with anybody. So, I mean, th- that will... And Orton has history with Reigns with years and years of Reigns being a, a baby face that nobody liked going after Randy Orton and those guys who had the titles back then. Um, hey, you have the excite, you have the excitement, too, of defending your title as the head of the table, and you have the excitement of Randy possibly making history yeah, winning the title again. And it all and it all depends how they push certain dudes like after this point because they're gonna make a star out of a lot of these guys. Reigns could go against Lashley. That that could be something if if this thing with Omos doesn't go in a certain direction. Or like you said, you brought up Cody. There's oh Seth is always hanging around. You got a uh, you got Braun Breaker coming from NXT. You got Ciampa coming from NXT. Even though I don't see them using Ciampa that high unfortunately, but, um, you know, there's always somebody and there's going to be surprise debuts the night after mania. Probably there's going to be returns that night of raw after WrestleMania. We don't know who's going to pop up. The biggest swerve of all this whole time. The fiend has been working with Vince McMahon. And he's going to come <laughs> back. You're going to hear anyone, but you Roman, anyone, but you, <laughs> I mean, I would love for Bray to come back, and the fact that he's been a free agent all this time is like, wh- where is he? What's he doing? You know, well, he's working on a movie. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's doing a horror flick. Oh, I want to see that. And um, the at least the the impression that I'm getting is that the character that he's going to be portraying in this film is sort of going to be the character he's going to be portraying in professional wrestling. Oh, okay. That Wyndham, the the Wyndham creature or something like that, the Wyndham character, the cult of Wyndham. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just reading into it or if I misread. But don't quote me on it. But I, I think that's what I read somewhere. He's just trying to create this new image because obviously he can't use the team. That's just yeah. not gonna work out. Yeah. We also what- don't know where the hell he's gonna go. What 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 does Brock Lesnar do after this? He can go hunt and <laughs> chop up some meat. <laughs> because the, what's the, interesting is two titles. Yeah, guy, whoever with, wins the title is gonna do double duty. Yeah. No, but they merging them. Aren't they gonna merge? Yes, it? yes. They're gonna merge the belts. Good. They're gonna have one belt, probably a new belt, just to signify the unified title. And he'll be like Jericho. Yeah, he'll be defending on both shows. So we're gonna have a whole lot of Roman Reigns after WrestleMania. <laughs> That's a lot of roster to have one champion. Yeah. But it's good now because now you have you can mix it up. You can put different guys up against Roman who we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. 
Guess yeah, what? but it's still a lot. Like, there's gonna be a lot of people who won't have their, oh. like, people who should have a chance that aren't gonna get a chance. Yeah, that's the Roman, that's that's always been the good guy. thing about the brand split, right? Like, you know, different guys get opportunities that normally wouldn't get. Yeah, I mean, but now you get one champion that's going to be on both shows. Obviously, somebody's not going to get an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? So does yeah. that mean coming up probably the end of the brand split like they tried to do years ago and just have one giant roster? Um, you know, a lot of guys. Fox gave them a lot of money. Fox gave them a lot of money for SmackDown, and it's actually the better show out of the two. I've been watching Raw lately yeah, and here and there, but I, I try to force myself to watch it. You know, like SmackDown, I don't, it's effortless. I don't need to be forced to watch SmackDown. I'm like, oh, SmackDown's on tonight. It could be a sporting event. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch SmackDown. You know, even during the NCAA tournament, like when, when uh, the Final Four started the whole tournament, I was like, oh, yeah, let me put on SmackDown. Even in the midst of the tournament. So while Raw, I'm like, eh, what else are they getting? You know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, hard. It's, it's hard, though. Do we, so, do we just continue to focus on that one title or do we try to Even, make the other title? Yeah, eventually eventually they'll they'll split it up again and you know like like similar to when Brock Lesnar f- first won the undisputed title and then all of a sudden Stephanie McMahon goes, Oh, he's exclusive to SmackDown, then Raw doesn't have a champion, then Eric Bischoff brings back the old WCW gold belt and just gives it to Triple H. I think something like that happens. Yeah, I something. want I want that belt back. That's in some yo, that's one of the best. I want to see that belt back. One of the best belts, bro. The big gold belt. <laughs> Who do you give it? Or if not, give it up and let the NWA have it. Because if not, Cody someone Rose. needs to have it. <laughs> You're gonna say Cody Rhodes on Raw right now? Huh? If we would have just give like reward the belt to somebody, I'd put it back on Lashley. Yeah. That's probably the only person that that belt will look normal on. <laughs> great on him, man. Yeah, that actually would look really good on him. Yep. Dude, that title only that title, even when it was in WCW, only looked good on Goldberg. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else, it was so big. I mean, even Hogan because no, Hogan, Hogan, it looked good. Well, Hogan. Hogan. Well, Hogan leaned when he went to WCW. He leaned out like he was much bigger in WWE. So he went to WCW. Yeah. He still had his arms and his and like his pecs and stuff, but his waist, like he really thinned out. I think he went down to like two seventy five at one point. And even the belt kind of looked to big me, on that, him after a while. I was like, oh which shoot, is crazy. that belt looked perfect on Ric Flair somehow. I don't know how, but it just did. <laughs> which is crazy that two seventy five is leaning out. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Because and he was and, only two seventy five. I mean, in Hogan's prime in the eighties, he was three hundred and ten. You know, so yeah, like, no, okay. he was a big, he was a big dude in WWE, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, so that's, you know, that's the card now. I know we were, you know, pretty much at a level like seven or a little higher before actually going through the card itself. Obviously night two seems to be the more exciting night out of the two. Um, I think night one, you know, uh, the Steve Austin stuff and, and, a couple of other matches are pretty pretty exciting. But after going through the whole card, what what is still our excitement level for this year's WrestleMania? And what what are we obviously we're hoping for a great show and a great booked show, a one one to remember. 
but where do we think this one, you know, where do we hope this one will compare to other WrestleManias? Well, listen, I always want WrestleMania to be a 10. You know, like they always say the cliche is the Super Bowl, and it really is. It's the biggest show of the year. But I want to go with a 7 because I want it to reach that 10. I don't want to go in there expecting a 10 and then, you know, just (laughs) come out this because it needs to play out a certain way. Yeah. If it play, if they, you know, in a perfect world, you get what you want. But like Sam was saying earlier, we can't always get what we want because there's there are bigger things that they're planning for. Yeah. Hopefully, they make sense in the long run, and it'll make the show even better. Because you'd be like, oh, that's why they did that. Okay, I get it. Whatever. But what what's always the decision maker for me when it comes to mania, and maybe it's just because I'm just spoiled, is honestly the entrances <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. i always go into it like expecting these insane entrances or this super dope new gear and some people give it to us some people don't the past couple of years i've kind of been disappointed um <laughs> and it's just like their normal fucking monday night raw gear yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. On, uh, <laughs> like you did nothing for mania really like that, that sucks yeah so if everything is at a level 10, like if they all actually put in the effort to switch it up, then obviously, you know, my, my score will go up. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it at a seven. Man. I'll, I'll, I'll go to eight. I'll go to eight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sam, what do you think? Yeah. Going through all the matches, putting our predictions in, where, where you still at a seven or where are you at? I'm still at a seven. I'm still giving night one a six. Um, <laughs> yeah, I only have an yeah, interest in two matches compared to night That's two. Only one night match. <laughs> night two is carrying the load. Night two is like a strong eight, eight point five. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it's night two. Night two is stacked. Night one is, you know, night two. Night one is just me. Want to want to see? I want to see Cody uh, uh, be the the, the 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 special opponent yeah. against Seth, and I want to see what's going to happen there. I want to see that. Uh, and I want to see the Steve Austin KO stuff. I want to see the jabbing back and forth, and then I want to see the five minutes of wrestling that I think is going to happen. Yeah. But night two has the stack. It's just stacked. I, I want to see McAfee versus uh, Austin Theory. I want to see what's going to happen there. I want to see what happens with Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. I want to see what's going on that night. Like, just it has more for me that that I know that. There's more meat and potatoes, just put it like that. Like, yeah. like night one is more of an appetizer type thing to me, except for what can happen at the end of the show. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. I'm excited for it. This is going to be my first time going to back-to-back manias. And uh, I, 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 told, I told Ghost this the other day on text. I was like, I'm, I'm tempted to just put a little bit of dough away, like each check and, you know, like a separate... Uh-huh separate account so i don't look at it just uh i'm gonna call it the the mania fund i i, I might just do road trip uh, these trips every year you know i've never been to cali so i would love to go to hollywood so i might i might just make a yearly thing out of this until until i'm not on this planet no more <laughs> <Interesting. laughs> you know, thing. that's a good thing yeah you're about, yeah, to, make, you know. you're about to make me go to hollywood with you next year hey hey Dude, you know, it, it, it's the invitation's there, bro. Come on over. <laughs> so uh, I'm super excited. Um, My flight is in 
12 hours. So I'm super excited about that. So within the next half day, I will be in Dallas, Texas, getting myself ready for all the festivities. I have a, so, I have a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm gonna take a bunch of pictures, a bunch of videos. Be. Shit, I might go live when I'm out when I'm in AT&T Stadium. So it, it's it's gonna be a fun time. So I'm excited. So with that being said, that was our predictions. That was for all the craziness that's going on this weekend. And um, this was episode 64 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I will be back with episode 65 when I get back to Florida on Monday. I'm going to jump right back into the recording chair and, and do my, you know, review and, and get ready for the mon- the Raw after WrestleMania, which is always a spectacle in its own in its own right. So, fellas, I want to thank you guys for coming on. It's always a pleasure. It's always great. Um, and hopefully, you know, WWE gives us what we want, which is a great show overall. So for Ghost, for Sammy, want to thank everybody who's going to listen. And uh, I'll be back with episode 64 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace.